0: You are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Swordchomp at swordchomp.com. We know your life is precious and time is valuable, so thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. Chomp Cast gives you double life experience points. It's true. It's true. Everything you do after this podcast will be twice as enjoyable and fulfilling for you. Every show is streaming and downloadable at swordchomp.com, of course, and uh, all the major places you download podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, and please subscribe. Leave us a kind five-star rating if you're on iTunes. It really helps us climb the charts and meet new chompers. And we'll talk about it more later, but we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. A lot of great tiers there. You can become a swordchomp VIP. (sighs) Oh. I try to think of the most unoriginal way to start this. I possibly could. War. War. Never changes. Except maybe it has? The console wars. Have they become obsolete? It's worth a debate for the topic of the show this week. Um, as we talk about the console wars. Do they still exist? And you, you, a member of Chomp Nation, our Instagram audience, chime in On the debate, and uh, this this is going to be a really fun one. In fact, one of the most popular hashtags right now on TikTok for all those TikTokers is console wars. It has 86 million plus plus um, hashtags being used for console wars. So you know the TikTok kids, kids these days are trying to reignite the wars of our mothers and fathers. Let me tell you, it's really depressing. Um, It's going to be a fun topic of the show. And, uh, I'm sure Rich is going to tell us all about that book again, console wars. So great yeah, book, great, great book, great book. Uh, yeah, it was going to be a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, one week till shark fever hits the gaming world and we gauge listener hype with some of our polls. Tony Hawk remasters are finally making our hearts Ollie with joy sucker punch. Feudal Japan. Epic is almost upon us. Um, yeah, sucker punches feudal Japan epic, Ghost of Tsushima? I'm sure I'm gonna pronounce that wrong a hundred times before this is over. It's just a few months away. We got a really big, lengthy gameplay trailer I want to talk to you guys about. Mario gets his origami on. Me and Josh are moving. Yeah, me and Josh are moving. What? Yeah, well, he's gonna hang in there. I'm Shay very is moving. un moving. <laughs> Shay is unable to be you divided. Me. Shay is unable to be divided or separated. Rich, just another cog in the great, great war of the locusts. And I'm finally forcing myself to finish Hellblade. And I have a special announcement regarding Ori and my dormant podcast, In the Blood. Final Fantasy VII fans are upset with me. And, uh, I mean, fuck. There's probably more to get to, but there's just too much shit to list at this point. This show will go on forever. So get ready for Forever, The Endless podcast. About video games and life. Um, let's get to some to- uh, intros here. I almost said topics, because that's because I have topics for each of you in your intro. Uh, so we can do this. Cause- and you guys can all jump in. This is going to be fun. If you guys want to jump in on these, please do. i like these intros to be crazy. Rich, for your introduction. The Rich is here. The one and only Rich Meister from New York. How you doing, Rich? I'm all right. Uh, I'm a little concerned that you said
1: this would go on forever, because you pretty much told me the opposite earlier. Yeah, well, that was just a lie to get you here,
0: so... That's that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's concerning. <laughs> it's it's usually the, it's usually the opposite um with with my dates. I tell them it's going to go on forever and then it just doesn't last very long.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, they didn't believe you anyway. If that if that's
0: any uh <laughs> if that helps. It's true, you know. It's uh
2: it's just that little bit of hope that gets them to give me a chance. Uh Rich, you are um strong desire for Olive Garden. and if things get really good. I mean, Maybe Panda Express the next day. When you're here, your family. So
0: <laughs> it's a calling card. Panda Express. It's shit, Panda
1: Express. We I mean, you love back. Panda Express, but it's I, also dog shit.
0: I will say, I bought many a nice meal uh, from many a woman, who is then uh, broken my heart. So. I
1: thought you said you bought many a nice meal from many a woman, and that was <laughs> way more confusing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh Rich, we're glad you're here for I wrote down next to your name Tony Hawk Remasters, so you've been attached to the Tony Hawk Remasters. Congratulations. I that's actually really exciting because when I saw
1: that news, it I was very excited. Um for more Tony Hawk, I actually got read some new news about that just before this podcast. I don't know if you guys saw this. They announced new news. that that's,
3: that's um, an alt- new news.
1: the character models uh, for the, the pro skaters in these remasters will actually mm-hmm. be age appropriate for 2020. So I'm very excited to play as 53 year old wow. Rodney
0: Mullen. That's that can't be real. You're lying.
1: Yeah, no, that's 100 percent real. You can look it up right now. Yeah. They said they're not like doing how they would have looked when the games were originally released. The (laughs) model character models for the (laughs) skaters are age appropriate for 2020.
2: That is is the best take I think I've ever seen for a remaster. Isn't it such a smart idea? Like, that's
1: kind of hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm really stoked to play as 53 year old Rodney Mullen. Mm hmm.
0: (laughs) I'm impressed. Could you imagine if they
4: did that with Resident Evil 2 when they remade that game and Leon just 53 year old Leon (laughs) running around? He's like, my knees that (laughs) my knees can't handle the zombie apocalypse. That should at least
1: be
0: a costume. Yeah. How how do you remember the character still? Like, obviously there's Tony Hawk, that's a no brainer. Because they're real people. Well, I know that's (laughs) exactly right. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I shouldn't just banish them from existence because they were in a video game. They and are also, humans. Uh,
1: if you for people who don't know this too much about New York culture, skateboarding is very big. I used to skate a lot when I was a kid. Oh, oh, I did, who didn't? Who did it? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it's I don't know. I don't you know what the Midwest
2: is like. It's because there you most were of our doing roads aren't It's harder to harder to to do around here.
1: You mostly just don't put the wheels on and just kind of kick it on the grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just holding
4: on to what you were.
1: Yeah, living back. I mean, I, I like the time hit perfectly for me. You
4: were Superman.
1: I was, I was gonna be big. I mean, the way I looked at it, you know, uh, when I was skateboarding was like Bam Margera was famous, and like the best thing he could do was like a big acid drop. So as long as you weren't afraid that you were gonna get hurt, it seemed like you could do it.
0: You know, I, w- I was joking with my yeah. wife about that. I used to. Ollie off of these giant loading docks behind uh, stores on this military base where I lived. And it was, like, frightening, but I, I would go down five or six steps. Never once sustained an injury, but I broke my leg swinging in my backyard. So that's just how life that's works. <laughs> makes kind, no sense. Kind of the way of it. I mean, I remember, like, skateboarding was an expensive hobby
1: that I did for so many years. And I used to break boards all the time. And, like, I felt like my parents wanted to kill me when I was a teenager because I'd, like, come home and ask for money for new skateboards.
0: Um, did you ever do the thing, Rich, where you go to like CCS and build your own skateboard in the magazine and order it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not in the magazine. I would go to like a zoomies in the mall and build it at the the counter. Oh, that's just how old I am. They used to, when I was a kid, no, I know what you're talking about, but like there were skate shops. I didn't need to do that.
0: Yeah. There were no skate shops and were when I was Um, younger.
1: Yeah. There were like three (laughs) skate shops in my, in the mall in my neighborhood
0: that's cool that's cool um, i lived in i lived in a desert at the time it was new mexico but i'm just saying when I, i'm so uh, old that like back whenever that was a thing we had, no no that the- was totally a thing
1: when i was doing this but the fact of the matter was there were literal stores i could go to and there was a back counter where i could build it so like yeah. i was never doing mail and shit
0: maybe it was a tail and how old are you again i am 27 Okay, so maybe, maybe, yeah, we're only separated by about six years, so, but that's significant yeah. if you think about when the skating boom was. In
1: terms of, like, cultural stuff, to a degree, like, with certain things it is, for sure. Um, but I always had this weird memory of skate, because, like, those games were so important to me, specifically, I think, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, um, I played so much of. Uh, yeah. and, and then it just brought back weird memories of actually skateboarding, like, by my old house, there was, uh, I lived across the street from my high school. And there were these stairs we used to skate on, uh, and all i ever remember is me and my friend Vinny both, like, we're both bigger guys, like, we carry our weight in a very specific way, and we both had a goofy skate stance. So we would ollie off these stairs, and I could name you five times we would have bought brand new boards, and the way we landed on the tails, our back heels just snapped the board. Jesus. On, what does like, that
0: mean? You carry your weight in a very specific way. On we- your knees. We, exactly, it's very oh,
1: sexual. Okay. Um,
0: well, no, we we skated we skated with a goofy stance. I just wanted that clip of Josh going on your knees, your knees, <laughs> just commanding <laughs> me, like he's
1: a fucking Sith Lord who's gonna that have you blow That could be him. a Twitch audio right there.
0: Yeah, there <laughs> just you go. Get it deeper on your knees um but
1: what what i mean in that in that sense morgan is like we both had like a goofy stance so most of, of our weight was on the very back of the board so if we landed wrong the entire weight of our body would come down on like behind the the rear trucks of the board and we would just snap the tail end of the board off
0: yeah yeah, and, and look, I, I, I'm extending these intros out a little bit for each of you because I, I want us to be able to talk about these games now. Um, I would say that, yeah, the the best the best move I could do is, I don't know about you guys, the best move I could ever do in my skating career is a pop shove it. I could do a real pop shove I it. I could do a pop shove it, baby. I could that do real really long fun. manuals. That was my favorite thing to do. Oh, manuals felt great.
2: Um, mm. And one of my Gr- favorite things. Oh, thing-
0: you know what felt great? What uh, was it called? Grind? No, not grinding. Um, Board slide. Oh, board slides were grinding so Grinding still
2: feels good these days.
1: <laughs> I, grind, grind I, yeah, hell
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh I also had a friend who do, really. uh admittedly was like one of the he was a fucking rich kid. Um so he had like rails um that he would take out and he had an actual like vert ramp in his yard. Uh so we could actually like skate vert and that was a very cool time in my life. And I'm gonna admit on this podcast, knowing he doesn't listen to it, he wasn't that interesting of a guy, and we were probably hanging out with him because he had this awesome ramp in his backyard.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, this is this is pretty cool. I think we're all uh, pretty pretty jazzed about it. The last thing I was going to say about it, um what song are you guys looking forward to the most being in here from your Tony Hawk memories? I mean, you got that you got that gold
1: finger track, baby. I think everybody jumps to that. Um and cool. also I was listening to the Spotify Tony Hawk 2 soundtrack and when Gorilla Radio comes on,
0: that's oh, yeah. when I
1: have flashbacks to the character creation screen.
0: Dude, I well I was a Rage Against the Machine kid, so I didn't I didn't need Tony Hawk to get my Gorilla Radio on, but let me tell you, that's Well no, that
1: is... I, I love Rage Against the Machine regardless, but I that song in particular I have this pretty big association with that game uh with.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the weird things I remember as a kid is there was a, there was, God, someone can mock me. There was a Papa Roach song in that game I really liked. I remember that. There sure was. I skip the track every time it comes on that Spotify playlist. How dare you. But the weird thing was, there was, I don't remember which one, but it was like not on the CD, but it was on like the clean version of this. I don't remember. Anyways. I don't remember what they are, but they only, um, there's only four
1: tracks they didn't manage to get. Yeah, for the uh, they did the get main. the Papa Roach track. Everybody can appreciate it now. Well, don't worry, guys. We'll do a tutorial. I'll do a tutorial video when that game comes out on how to go into the menus and turn that
0: track
3: off. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> a tutorial video. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna send that right to Jacoby Shaddix, AK. No one knows who that is except me. He's a singer of Papa Roach.
1: All right, uh, I, I don't to I thought, to Papa, Papa, Roach. Was, I thought Look, Papa was the singer of Papa. I, I'm not a Papa
0: Roach yeah, fan. Yeah, no, that's what he did before he made the pizzas. Papa Roach. <laughs> yeah. It was actually
1: named after, I think,
0: his grandfather. I'm not a
1: fan of Papa Roach, but, uh, you know, I do know the
0: lead singer's name. (laughs) Good stuff. The first Papa Roach CD. Great. Thank you for being here, Rich. Shay Layton joins us. The professor from Japan. Oh, hi, Uwu. Uwu. (laughs) He's bringing it in.
1: Oh, no, Shay. Are you all white? (laughs) Yes. Oh, whoa.
0: Guys, come on! Save that for after the podcast. Um, not here. Uh, it's, it's it's too romantic. Uh, Shay, I've attached with you the ghost of Sushima. Sushima? Sh- 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 shishimi. Shashimi. Oh, Shishimi. That's right. Ghost. Of the sashimi. ghost of shashimi. <laughs> ghost of shashimi.
4: Um, it's it's the ghost of sashimi. Oh,
0: perfect. Now that sounds badass. I'm not gonna lie. Um,
3: it's I mean, unless Baskin's, you know what sashimi
0: is <laughs> all of Carol Baskin's ex-husbands coming out of the ground. Um, I don't think, they, you, can you Google what? sashimi real quick and try and redo that joke? Well, because they were ex, you know, she turned him into a tiger sashimi.
4: Do you think? That was Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm great. Um glad to be here. Ready to talk about video games and, um, yeah. And oops, all anime. I don't even know why I messed that up. Um, yeah,
0: Shay, I've attached that game to you just because you live in Japan. So I'm sorry, uh, but that's that's your.
4: Did you so watch? You know the gameplay a lot of samurai?
0: Trailer?
4: Yeah. Did you watch the gameplay trailer? I have watched some. I haven't watched the newest one, unfortunately. Um, I've been trying to cram some gamage before this podcast, and I was doing a ton of editing this week. I, um. I was editing some of the new Chomping After Dark material that we're going to be rolling out here next month and uh figuring out figuring out all the logistics with that. So no, I I didn't make any time to do that unfortunately, but I'm I'm still excited for the game. I watching the other trailers that I've watched. It's really exciting to me and I one one of the biggest things that's probably going to haunt me for the next few years is uh, granted, they're different Those gameplay ghosts. styles, but I loved Sekido <laughs> but I just I'm not good enough to play that game. But I just love the the world in Sekiro and Ghost of uh, Tsushima looks very beautiful and just mesmerizing and captivating. And that's what I'm most excited about that game. So, yeah, I I'm absolutely ready for that game. Yeah, I'm we'll sorry. The,
0: there was a little lag there, and it's not your fault, Shay, because we these are the things we fight. But, Josh, I did think that was a well-timed joke. Unfortunately, mm. the, the lag does not care. The lag, all, no, 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 no,
4: no, no. no. You, you, you're, you're mistaken. I didn't care. I ignored it. I purposefully ignored it. The timing it. <laughs> wasn't the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I purposefully ignored it because <laughs> Josh's mission is to always get me to crack. So if I stop for every joke, I will never get through a sentence. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well you know we 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 could be here all day it's the forever podcast we talked about that we don't need to finish sentences
4: that's true it's it's like circle. that time that goku went into that hyperbolic time chamber and for him it seemed like years and years to try and train to get to that next level of super <laughs> saiyan
1: but without that gohan never would have been and able for the to watchers it Sal. seemed
4: like years and years that's true
1: and that's part it's of true. the magic of it it was yeah. really immersive mr popo's Absolutely. a problem
4: it- he is. And I think that led <laughs> yeah. to, you know, if Aang hadn't made his mistakes uh, with fire, he wouldn't have learned to be compassionate and become a true avatar.
1: I started watching Avatar
4: again today because <gasps> it's, oh, ne- it's on Netflix I thought that was the now. James Cameron one. Damn. No, like the one people like. <laughs> well, so so Morgan, when 95% of people say Avatar, they mean The Last Airbender, <laughs> just as a heads up.
0: It's very confusing for me. I don't like that. Just call it the air blast airbender.
4: Okay.
1: Well, no, because then people think of that terrible movie M Night Shyamalan made. God,
0: just and look. Okay, we don't have time to get into that. But it, it's the names are unfortunate because, yeah, you know, are
2: they? I'm
0: just saying, you got people like me that are confused.
2: With, well, I Avatar. I don't so, think there's nothing we can do about you being confused, Morgan.
0: Yeah, I, well, I will say this. Look, I've been to many parties and had many a conversation about Avatar. The first thing that happens is when you go, if you say anything about Avatar, people go, "Are you talking about the movie or the the an or the anime?" You know,
1: so, that's like, never that's, never happened to me before.
2: That's not true. That yeah, that's true. We know better than to talk true. to talk to somebody who wouldn't immediately go to the proper answer.
1: I was waiting in line in Disney World for the uh, on the Avatar ride, and when I brought up Avatar, they still knew I was talking about the anime. Mm-hmm.
0: My wife really likes that anime, but I don't know anything about it. So it's
1: really good. It's honestly, it's very good. It's on Netflix now. I highly recommend you watching it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's on Netflix. Maybe my wife will probably force me to. As of no, today, it was added to Netflix today. Really, today? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe if I watch that, I can really get caught up on the lore and everything, and then I'll appreciate the the mediocre M. Night Shyamalan movie even no, more. No, you won't. In You'll fact, hate it more. You'll hate it, yeah, more than
1: ever, because it's bad. Maybe it's just a because reimagining. Because it'll be even more like baffling how he managed re-imagined. to screw it up.
0: <laughs> it's just a reimagining. Except they didn't call Sephiroth Sephiroth. They would have called him Cypheroth, you know? Because they mispronounce all the names, right?
3: Yeah. Didn't that happen in The yeah. Last Airbender?
0: Yeah, you know, no. Which,
2: yeah, like, there was... Yeah, yeah. Somehow it was like he Tim Burton up making names. Batman. Yeah, like yeah, he's like, a... I'm
1: not really gonna do any homework here, I... but Tim Burton lucked out and actually made a pretty decent movie for what it was. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I yeah I no, he made so he made too. the best one.
1: Yeah, no. But, um, but... I actually, I gotta say, when it comes to Batman movies, and <laughs> we're gonna don't even get laugh gonna, about
2: that, Josh. If we're I gonna get
3: <laughs>
0: the
1: best one is the first Nolan one and no I'm, Batman Begins is the best Batman movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Batman, Batman Begins is my favorite Batman too. I think, I still think they kind of botched uh, this, the ending of that movie. Cause he just kind of rushes through like the death of the scarecrow and all that stuff. But well, he doesn't I, die. I know. I, in yes, fact, you're right. he appears He's in crazy. the other two Nolan films. Well, I like the way he the, he's taken down in the movie is like five seconds long, and it just felt really cheesy and dumb to me. And I,
1: well, he was um, never meant to be like the pure like Ray Ghoul was the pure antagonist of that film. Yes, dome. and that he part didn't was even that, know
2: it was the scarecrow yet. He was just until, some guy, and like the the moment you're talking about
1: is the moment oh, he becomes the scarecrow.
0: I knew he was a scarecrow.
1: Yeah, we know uh, you. Then,
2: no, no, it was. <sighs> yeah, I've read a comic book. I know who Jonathan Crane is. That's yeah. The point. Was that he didn't even know he was a scarecrow yet. That was that was, you know, getting his shit rocked by Batman. For, yes, you know, that's for true, what he but thought was no reason. He's, I would
0: like to think of it like she's so saying it's like an origin story for the scarecrow, which it was. Yeah. But and it's, but it's he,
2: way better than, you know, the origin story for the Joker that no one actually wanted, and somehow we got.
1: Yeah, the really confusing origin story that kind of ends going nowhere. And I'll, people like to talk a big game about the Dark Knight. Uh, is the Dark Knight. I'm sorry. Dark Knight Rises is the worst one. I couldn't even remember the name of it. I, um, <laughs> And it's an enjoyable movie. But my main criticism always of it is I'm like, yeah, but it's not a Batman movie. It's a Joker movie. And Batman happens to show up a couple of times.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the good Joker movie. It's still not I just, as good as I also, Batman Begins, but. It's the good Joker oh,
1: movie. It's the good Joker movie. Oh, God, I feel like we're in a small camp, but I totally agree with you there, Josh. I, I, think, I walked I out think, of Joker want, in theaters and went, I didn't need that. I, yep.
0: I, want you, I want you to just say this publicly right now, because I think Joker is one of the best movies ever made. I want you to No, say we, we, we understand. Say, say publicly that you think Joker is not- just, just, just right now, just so we can transfer a lot of that Final Fantasy Seven sure. haters over to the, to the I Batman haters. don't like Joker. I, as
1: someone who really likes the Joker as a character, I think that movie does the character terrible injustice. And also, like, I mean, I've seen The King of Comedy. They already made that movie. They didn't need to pretend it was based off a comic book.
0: All right, well, you've transferred all of the haters away from me, so thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Nah, they'll come back for you. There's still going to be people in my camp.
2: Um, and I'm here
0: for you baby. Very strange. Very very interesting uh take yeah. to have.
2: No, um, I mean He's no Cesar
1: Romero, but eh. I mean Cesar Romero had the moxie to be like, "I'm not shaving my mustache." Yeah, it I still works
0: the, Yeah. I think the problem is you guys like the the goofy fun Batman So you know, you don't want you the You mean Batman. Series. Yeah. You don't want the hyper Also, I mean I I read person. a lot of
1: Batman comics and it's not about the hyper serious stuff. In fact, if you really want to get into comic lore, at this point, there's a comic coming out called Three Jokers, um, because in the, the comic lore currently, it's established that three different people have been the Joker over the course of history, which are
0: why you have such radically different behaviors from the character. Jeez. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not deeply entrenched in that stuff, so for me, I'm just sort of like, oh, this is an interesting... You Welcome know, to Oops All Comic Books! study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can only pivot this podcast so many times, Rich. There's only I, so many I, pivots I, one can have. At least three. I got at least three in what the if, next couple of years. What if every week it was oops something different? Oops. Oops. All, all vitamin
1: yeah. supplements. Oops.
0: All vinyl. <laughs> I thought you were saying uh, vinyl. We and that, you said yeah. vitamin supplements.
1: Like, Just what? make it something weird. Um,
0: yeah. it's not Rich. He doesn't care about vitamins. You don't know what I am. <laughs> but he does like <laughs> He does like vinyl, um Joshua Fowler's joining us here uh, i was I was just kind of having fun on that conversation because Shay ran in the bathroom, but he's never coming back so uh I'm just gonna move this along uh Joshua Fowler's here from Michigan uh Josh, I've penciled in well first of all, how are you doing? I'm all right, I'm all right, doing all right, That's good. I'm contractually obligated to ask you how you're doing it's It's in my contract
2: so. yes, yes yeah doing doing all, right. doing all right a little little tired my my sleep schedule has been off like i mentioned this a couple times over the last few weeks or so but just yeah with without stuff to get up for in the morning i just don't and so everything has shifted later and later um to the point where i'm just yeah i just i don't think i've been to bed before 2 30 in at least a month jesus
0: slightly jesus. envious of that yeah, yeah me me too um, but do you, do you sleep in pretty good? Sleep in for a good while? Sleep in all right. Decent, okay. decently. But everything has shifted. Josh, I've penciled next to your name. Mario, the origami king. Is that what it's called? Paper Mario. Paper the origami Mario, king. The origami king.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> excited about that, especially that it's this soon.
0: Can't believe you have never had origami before in Mario. This seems like a uh, shocking. To there's me. been
1: regular Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, Sticker Star, Super Paper Mario, which isn't a real Paper Mario game.
3: Um,
0: yeah, I've I've never played a paper. Josh, tell me why? Have you played all the Paper Mario games? I've paper no. Mario I
2: missed. I know I missed the last one. Um, Sticker Star, Sticker. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't get around to that one. Um stickers oh yeah that one got received pretty poorly didn't it it was all right i I reviewed it for some outlet okay yeah (laughs) i didn't really remember one or the other it was just for some reason i think we were busy with something else at the time i'm sure i'm sure we were but um anyway yeah the first one was just so so good so so good. On 64 the very Mm -hmm. first one yeah yeah the first one on 64 is just it's one of the best games on the system
0: did, was that graphic style the art direction able to kind of transcend the shitty, blurry 64 look? No offense, I mean I loved the 64 at the time, but you know what I mean, I, like because it looks very unique and different. Like it's 2D like,
1: art on the 64 looks great because the system can like, and it it is like yeah. that faux 3D, yeah, of the yeah, paper yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. well, no, Did, it's,
0: Yoshi's like I, or the what was the Yoshi that, game it looked really good. I'm
2: sorry. There was not a lot of space to work with on all those games, so basically everything on the 64 and the PlayStation was doing. Um, like signboarding or billboarding for their for their assets there. Um, mm-hmm. so they didn't actually have to have more polygons on screen.
3: Um, mm, okay.
2: I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you go back through and and play like any of the old Mario games or Zelda games, you'll see that an awful lot of the stuff in the environment, like grass or or trees or like a lot of the things that are there just to pretty up the areas are completely flat and they follow the camera no matter which way you move so it's they don't even get parallax applied to them they are just completely always facing the camera um which is one of the tricks they did to save memory but that sort of art style whenever everything's supposed to be made out of paper is really cool like they ended up making a lot of um, really impressive art because it was all supposed to be flat, and so they could lean into it uh, instead of having to try to make things look like they were more realistic than they actually were.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. that's good to hear. I you know, know what's I mean, funny, I've funny
1: um, is probably the best recent Paper Mario game in my opinion. Is actually the. Uh, the All Stars Saga Paper Mario crossover, mm. which I cannot remember the name of it. There was um, one of the last, you know, Mario and Luigi RPGs that came out. Was the premise of it is obviously to pin blame for everything on Luigi. Uh, Luigi is dusting in uh, Peach's castle, and the book that contains Paper Mario's world uh, falls, and both Bowser from that world and Mario from that world fall out of the book. So Bowser teams up with his paper self and Mario and Luigi have to team up with paper Mario in order to stop them. Hmm.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. I would say with these and, and that does look interesting. I know people are excited about that. Um, I I remember trying to get into that new Yoshi game. It had like a really nice art style, but I I just had trouble like, uh the uh the woolly world one, the yarn one you No, know, the the new one where it looked like
1: cardboard'
0: uh, yeah yeah a, a craft crafted world crafted yeah. tale or i cra- played yeah. it's crafted world, yeah, I played yeah. a little bit of it it was a cool idea, and they executed the art direction like amazingly well, but like as I was looking at it, I was like, you know this is like one of those things where it's like executed really brilliantly and it and it looks great, but like looking at little crafts is not interesting to well, my brain. <laughs> like, I, you know I, I mean, it's like, you know, I can attest the platforming was
1: still really good. Um, I think the timing was poor for me. Like if I'd had somebody to do the co-op with, I think I definitely would have gone all the way through that game. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that thing kind of fizzled out, but um, I'm General Mountains. I'm here from Montana, and this was sort of a fun preview intro thing because I knew we were gonna have a stack show, and we had a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, like Manhunter, or I'm sorry, Man Eater. I keep wanting to call it Manhunter, which is a mixture. Well, because you love DC Comics
1: man- and you love Martian Manhunter, uh, so we yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: man, was his Manhunter at all? Was a shark? Is Manhunter a shark? In no, DC Comics?
1: Martian. He's a Martian. Martian uh, Manhunter.
0: Where am I getting Manhunter from? It's uh, you're Man-Eater. thinking of
1: killer shark or great
4: white shark whoa yeah here man, she I'm... comes watch out oh, boy woo. <laughs> uh man oh i'm
1: sorry it. that took me way too long shay your tone completely threw me off
4: the track there. <laughs> that's all right josh was shaking his head immediately because he knew what was happening but mm-hmm. i'm also like three drinks deep
3: mm, that's a rough to be
4: it was a rough day how about you get three fingers deep, you fucking pussy? <laughs>
1: Are we still doing that? I
4: thought we only did that if it was about anime. <laughs> he brought it onto the podcast.
3: Wow. Yo,
1: you that, don't even know. You don't I even wanna... fucking know how to charge a spirit bomb, you little bitch.
0: <laughs> I don't want. I remember give any the first time I ate a really sense of
4: being a fucking simp.
0: <laughs> Josh's face. Oh, God. Um, Josh, you all right? <laughs> God, now you threw me off. Maneater. No, uh, it was one of the polls we did. Uh, It was kind of all right. Six, about 6% of our audience said they were interested in the game, the open world shark game, which was, you know, kind of nice. It wasn't an overwhelm. I think people are on the fence with this because there hasn't really ever been a open world shark game that has really existed or been well, any good. Well, that's
1: a very specific <laughs> thing you're talking about and it's one I'm gonna leave to you Morgan
0: it's weird to me that more people would not want to be a shark that gets to like swim around and I
1: don't people. think
0: it's unappealing
1: I just think I know there's too much stuff on the horizon that I would rather be playing Uh so I'm gonna leave that
4: very specific subgenre up to you to tell us what it's all about mm. yeah I think it's that and it's more of like people are tepid because it's like okay in theory that could be cool or it could be hilariously trash so people are just tempering their expectations and just waiting for more information to come out so I mean that's the benefit of us doing what we do because Morgan if you end up playing it and you're like oh dude uh, this is amazing then the other other people are going to be more interested oddly enough
2: it's probably the exact same I mean at least it should be Basically, the same gameplay as is that Tony Incredible
3: Hawk. Hulk
1: game.
2: Well, no, as Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk. <laughs> where you're just, uh, no. you're just <laughs> I just want to do a just, Christ era you know, with a great white. Exactly, exactly. You're just that exploring awesome. the world, trying to find all the hidden, you know, the secret tape. Yeah, all, all the random stuff in the world and eating people along the way. I you mean, know, the
0: shark does look like it's flipping and shit when it gets out of the water. What's interesting
4: yeah, you, you've is you've got to be um, shark tricks. I just hope that I can name my shark, because if so, um, I'm going to name it Jerry. That's a good name. Because he was a race car driver. (laughs) There was a race car driver. Oh, yeah, the Primus song. Yeah, I remember
0: that one. Primus sucks, man.
4: I can't tell if that's a joke or if that's serious. Oh, my God. Okay, you guys
1: don't know. That's That's a Primus thing. Like, that's what Primus fans say. You say that Primus sucks. That was a test and you failed.
0: Shay, you missed. you as chick seller. You missed a lot of terrible things that were said when you went to the bathroom. Also, Primus. I mean, they have one of the most legendary bass players you're, ever. You're, miss,
1: you're missing the point, Morgan.
0: I I know the. I get. I got the thing. I I'm familiar with Primus, hey. but I wouldn't. I, I know a lot of people that enjoy that song and that game, but, like, I don't know really anyone that's like, I'm going to go listen to Primus. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I don't think, like, that's a band that you're like, time to go jam out and listen to some Primus. And like, <laughs> it's it's a weird well, thing to say. Uh,
0: what does that even mean? It, it I, I like it, Primus, but I'm not going to listen to him. Well, not, no, I've you never... know what
1: I mean? Like, I, I don't know. There's very few bands where I feel like that's a conversational topic to be like, time to go yeah. listen to some Primus. Like, I like Primus well, Five. What have I it's... done?
4: Primus I, I made a simple I made a simple joke with Maneater and Tony Hawk and suddenly we're I devolving the into joke, Primus yeah. fans. Uh,
3: I, I lost fault. it
1: because what I was trying to uh, express here was, um, interestingly enough, I went to the last video game convention and probably until the end of time uh, with this year's PAX East and Maneater had a booth there, pretty sizable booth, not huge, but sizable. And I never played it because I'll tell you this much, at least Morgan, if this intrigues you, that booth was always fucking packed. So, hopefully, that bodes well for what the demo they were showing was.
0: They it's been a while since they did that initial E3 trailer. I want to say it's been like two years. So, it's, well, they, they it was playable at PAX East, and oh, the booth was cool. always packed. Here, I'll trade you some old JRPG I have that you've never played, and you just send me that man. You know, I'm I'm beer. gonna send it to you eventually.
1: Uh, my friend Nick has it currently because he has uh, my my sh- my little string backpack. I was bringing around the convention oh, center. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, I was like, why? <laughs> I was just imagining you passing this frisbee around to your friends. My friend no, Nick that's, has what, my- you that's exactly uh, what you do
1: with a frisbee. That's exactly what you do with a frisbee. But true. My, that's my point insane. is, he has it because he. <laughs> uses that's the, such a um, crazy
4: thought, though. Just passing it around like that. Can you like, imagine it will, <laughs> passing, it's the, just passing a frisbee around, around with your friends? <laughs>
2: Dude,
4: you know what would be even better is if you threw it to your friend. That's what an insane concept. Uh, that well, now you're, talking,
1: that. now you're talking <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
0: it's strange how that actually... You
1: guys want to get together, play. play a little Ultimate? Ooh. Drive, like, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. To, like, a, just insane. Just so we can play one game of Ultimate Frisbee and then go home.
0: You know, all those people that like golf but
1: hate golf? Fuck you! Fuck all of you! Golf's boring, man. Thank you.
4: Thank
2: you. What's
4: funny I mean, is I'm, I, you I do really like golf point, video
2: games. The point of disc golf is to get high, right? Yeah. You, and you realize well, that's the well, only reason you... Yeah, that's well, why I played it. The point of golf is to get drunk. I, I mean, I, I, you guys are
4: horribly, horribly clever. I only figured that out you, recently. You know how expensive it is to buy nice clubs and then be able to go spend all that money to go drive on the links. You classist pieces of shit. I can buy a Frisbee for $15 tops, drive to a golf course. I don't even have to do that. I just go to a park. I can walk to a park, and then I play there. It's $15. And you know what? It's better than shooting up heroin on freaking- Is it, though? Oh, that went
0: down. The par four (laughs) on
4: hole number nine, you classist dicks.
1: What? Shay, I'm not a classist. I understand how expensive golf is because I used to work at a
4: golf course.
3: Hey, and those right. are all terrible, talking terrible to white people. Talking to the
4: other two classes <laughs> class oh, yeah. pigs over there. Your middle class upbringing, you fucking asshole. Are we assholes. still doing this joke? <laughs> I think so. What I'll
1: tell you, though, is when I worked on a golf course, I worked it's in hard to uh, tell Josh I worked in maintenance working. at a at a Long Island country club. Mm. And what I'll tell you this much is uh, when like tournaments were happening... They would let some of us leave work early so we could go caddy, and that is some of the best money I've ever made in my and life yes, to do is. fucking nothing. Yep. You go for a walk, and they give you 50 bucks. It, you go for a walk, hand a man the thing he asked for, he hands you $200 and then promises you 200 more if you do a good job at handing him the thing he asked for.
0: hmm Well, I mean, yeah. You guys almost brought out the caddy nerd to me where I'm like- Caddy nerd? Or you, like, you know, you go around the course and, like, make sure you knew the exact distance to the hole from different angles. I have and, no idea what you're talking uh, about. I, what I out. would do
1: is I would follow a really rich white man around, and he would ask me for a club, and then he'd hand me $200. And <laughs> I wasn't a caddy fanboy. I was just like, you can make $400 doing this?
0: Yeah, it is. It's not bad. I um, did not
1: know being a caddy nerd was a thing, though. I caddied in a tournament where Ray Romano played. I was not Ray Romano's caddy.
3: Hmm.
4: That would have been a great story. That doesn't though, make you a nerd. That makes you a bystander.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shay, I will say this. Um, as Creed would say, you know, if you're paying $15 for a Frisbee, I need to get you a new Frisbee guy. A lot. That seems like a lot for a Frisbee.
4: That is a lot. <laughs> um, really? I mean, you spend a third of that on a cup of coffee at a Starbucks, and you're saying... How much is heroin? I don't I know. Mean, I couldn't tell Montana? you. Montana?
0: <laughs> Montana, it's really a, a meth market. Um Anyways, that, that game looks... uh It looks interesting to me. Yes, I will have a full breakdown probably on the next podcast.
4: You're having a full depression. breakdown right now.
0: I know. Josh, I
4: told you. I don't know why. I had this feeling. I told you this week's going to be worse to edit for you than last week. I, I told you. I don't know why, but... I just had that feeling. I think it's been all right. Um, really? We're like 40 <laughs> minutes deep. We've talked deep. about video sure games happening. for all of five minutes.
0: The, see, that is not true. Every single one of you talked about a game. We talked about Ghost of Tsushima. We talked about Tsushima. Uh, Tsushima. God damn it. Ghost of Tsushima. Um, we talked about Mario. We talked about Tony Hawk. We talked about Maneater. All we've done is talk about video games. It was an illusion. That's
4: Whoa. definitely not true.
0: I'll tell you, my hot take is that I think I might avoid Ghost of Tsushima because, uh...
4: You can't uh, pronounce it? You have to be able to pronounce it in order to play it? <laughs> yes. I, t- I just <laughs> don't want to bring that on myself.
0: I think, I think it's probably going to be one of those games, if people like it, they're going to call it by its like abbreviation. Like, they'll just call it Ghost. I think they'll just call it Ghost. That's what my I predict. Because no one's going to walk around and say, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost. They're going to say Ghost. No, nah, I'm going to
1: say Ghost of Tsushima. It's really not that difficult. Maybe G-O-S.
0: No. Then that, that's almost Ghost.
1: <laughs> it's G-O-T. I'm just going to say Ghost of Tsushima, like it's I'm doing right two. now.
0: No, I, I I, don't want the angry mob to be out, because I don't... feudal Sekiro is the closest I've ever been to liking Feudal Japan. It's just not my thing. So I don't want to play that game and just be bored and have people hate me for it again on the internet. So
3: <laughs>
0: He doesn't like Feudal Japan. Fuck this guy. Yeah, uh, I agree. But, Fuck that guy. <laughs> it does look pretty. Look, Sekro is like if you want feudal Japan. I'd if Sekro wasn't so goddamn hard, it's like a much cooler. I watched that whole eighteen-minute gameplay thing, and I'm telling you, it looks beautiful and very generic. And I hope that the actual game proves me wrong. I Didn't hope. Didn't you that like it is that
4: stranding? Awesome. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything, Rich? <laughs> nothing. Nothing.
0: Even weirder, the one thing you probably couldn't say about that game is that it's generic. Uh, so, yeah, like,
1: if Ghost Tsushima had, like, a whale flying in the sky, then you'd be down. <laughs> now,
0: well, I mean, wouldn't you? Come on! Nah. <laughs> what kind of anime expert are you? You don't like whales flying in the sky? How about Linkin Park videos? We're going to talk about Linkin Park later. Um, topic of the show! I now, prefer that was we last- did <laughs> <laughs> We got. To, I forgot to tell you guys. We got a Lincoln Park poll. It's a special day. This is gonna be the best show ever in the history of the podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad already like were an listening. hour in, man. What do you mean it's gonna be the best show ever? And you know what? I promise you, we've hit a lot of stuff that people generally wanted to hear us talk about. Um, I'm having and, fun. Uh, yeah, I'm ex- exasperated. Uh, if you want to support us in, in this endeavor of creating the endless podcast, please go to Patreon.com/swordchomp. Um, We have all sorts of incredible tears. I'm going to tease one of our spoiler podcast tears at the end of the show. When I talk about Final Fantasy Seven, but it's gonna be at the end because I don't wanna to spoil anything now. And VIP is a very special honor that we bestow for everyone who gives us five dollars a month, and you get access to a top secret Instagram page and more. So check it out. Like our Discord channel, which is part of that, and also just one dollar. And our Discord channel is amazing. It's a lively place where chompers can get together and talk and it's it's a family, it's a friendship, it's it's a community. It's like Olive Garden. <laughs> when- <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. Um so the topic of the show this week is going to be a really interesting one, it's about the console wars and I have to tell you guys this, I'm a little worried about our future, guys. I know that sounds like the generic thing for an old person to say. Oh, i'm worried about our future.
3: <laughs> um
2: but
0: like, how many old people you old talk to people
2: aren't aware there isn't a is a future, Morgan? That's Well, cuz there isn't for them. Yes. That's true it', it seems oblivious to it lump. existing for anyone else, remember when you say goodbye
1: to your uh elders as you leave the room, always say, remember every day as you grow
0: weaker, I grow stronger <laughs> <laughs> uh that's I'm gonna do that from now on um <clears throat> you know it's it's interesting because the, the we're like sandwiched in the middle. You have the old people that Josh is talking about that just don't give a shit. And then you have these young kids these days, man. I tell you what, if you're like me, and I know you're not because you're not a lunatic, nobody else is boxes, boxes just and to watching it out their there.
3: cartoons.
1: You damn kids with your hula hoops and Pac Man <laughs> video games.
0: If you're like me and you spend one day a month on TikTok for about 17 hours straight um, absorbing the what? strangeness hey. of our youth. If
1: you're like me, and yeah, what, do you, what do you try to accomplish, Morgan? Yeah, I went on TikTok once this week, and it was because I read an article about that Papa John doing a, a TikTok, and I wanted to see what the fuck Papa John's house looked like.
0: Hey, that's as good as reason as, as any. I don't. I don't. I'd want to see what Papa. No, but I'd... so this is fascinating to me because I hadn't been on TikTok in a while. I've been trying to curb that addiction. Um... <laughs> you, when were you addicted to TikTok? I feel like I don't know you we'll talk about this later um it's a sad place it's a scary place you go to tiktok you're confused you're frustrated you're grossed out you're aroused it's a little bit of everything and you can't stop um but one of the most popular hashtags on on tiktok with these young kids is the console war hashtag and i had seen a lot of those so when shay we mentioned this topic idea in in our um uh trello whatever you call it board it's a
4: board Board,
0: yeah, board, Trello board, storyboard. Um, I just immediately thought of that, and I spent like the whole night watching all these really, like that one offensive one I sent with you guy. That guy's pretending to lift weights, and he's like lifting all these strong weights. He's like, I'm a PC player, and then he lifts the weights more, and he's like, I'm an Xbox player, and then he takes the weights off and he jumps on it as if to shove it up his ass, and he goes, I'm a PlayStation Four player, which is both, you know, immature and also offensive in a lot of ways. Um, and that's kind of. You know, where it it comes across, like, they're trying, like, the same crowd that is making those immature videos is the same crowd that's, like, kind of hyping up this stupid console war thing. Um, But it still does seem to exist on a very sad... I'm worried that the kids are trying to keep it alive. I don't think it
1: does. Um, And I'll tell you out, out the gate, I don't think the console wars have ever in that explicit nature existed. I think there's this sort of, um idea that's always in the younger generation of like which console you're going to choose which console you're going to choose but like in my adult life I've just like since my early 20s I've just been like I'm just going to get both and this time specifically I'm like well I'm not going to get the Xbox because everything I've read about it seems to suggest that I own a PC and I don't I do not need this
4: machine mhm right I I view it as like as as a child when you're younger, you're figuring out what what kind of stances you want to take in the world if you want to take stances at all. I remember as a child uh, during the um, the Bush, uh, him getting reelected for his second term. I remember uh, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and her friend comes up to me and she's like who are you going to vote for? I was like, I can't vote. I'm, you know, like 12 years old. And she's like, yeah, but who would you vote for? And I was like, I-, I don't really know. I I don't, I don't know enough about either one of them. And she's like, well, this person said, if you don't vote for this person that she's going to break up with you because she can't date someone who uh, would support the opposition. And I was like, I'm just out here trying to f- fucking have fun and live my life, play basketball, do kids shit. Like, you know, I, I'm not I'm what not brave ready to
1: stands t- for that girl to take.
4: Right, exactly. And I think as, as a child, you're just you're looking to test your boundaries, figure out who you are and what you want to believe in in the world. And that bleeds over into this kind of conversation of like a console war or console versus PC. But I don't know, as an adult, I I have found myself not really giving much of a shit unless it comes to exclusives exclusives it, exclusives and um price are i think the two biggest dominating fact well those two and knowledge i would say are the three dominating factors there exclusives being the number one um choice there and and i believe with xbox um having been owned by microsoft bringing so much of its titles to PC it's in a lot of ways lending itself to be less viable Xbox is less viable as a choice if I can get everything on PC unless I can't afford a PC or I don't have the knowledge to run a PC then yeah Xbox is definitely more viable but as an adult I just I find those wars those discussions tedious and annoying like granted there have been times in the past where people on this podcast even um more than one person have advocated for PlayStation at one point or they've advocated for Xbox at one point and it's it's just tiresome because exactly like rich said it's like i can eat, i can own those consoles cuz i can pay for them thankfully i'm financially in a place where i can pay for them um unfortunately there are other people who aren't able to afford that and you know that's unfortunate for them and i i feel for them but like when i when i hop online and i see those arguments it's just it's so annoying and tiresome and like the memes aren't even funny it's it what's funny is the people making them and the people believing in them because it's like bringing that sports team mentality to gaming and it's like okay well gaming's mainstream at this point if people are having sports team mentality about it which, that to me, that's the funniest aspect of the console wars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I mean, I don't, I don't really... I wanted to get on here and just be like, yeah, the console wars don't exist. This is stupid. Because I'm like you guys. I, I buy all... But I think we're in the minority, right? Like, we buy multiple systems because this is our I don't. Our well, our I, I don't think
1: we're in the minority, honestly. I think, like, you'll, you'll find anyone with a disposable income who, like, games in any big way is is kind of doing the same thing we're doing. There's more, yeah. Yeah,
4: I agree with that. I think
0: I, there's definitely, yeah,
3: yeah.
4: I have a question, Morgan. Have you kind of changed your stance from last year? Because last year I know you were very, very big pro Xbox, very much so. So have you changed your stance this year?
0: Well, I thought a lot about that. It's not necessarily a changing of, of the stance, but you make a good point because I was very high on Xbox.
4: And like you were you were. You were very you were very to be honest, to be straightforward, you were very intolerable last year with your incessant Xbox praise and pushing it on us. Like Xbox One X is the best looking console. And you know if things were on the Xbox One X and it did get intolerable and that's why I'm asking you before I just sit here and flame you. Because like if you've changed your stance, that's cool. Um to your benefit as as it is to ours. Uh,
0: well, that's the thing like I the Xbox won me over to enough to buying my own console to complement my PlayStation because obviously it's it was it's a it's a great powerful console, but Game Pass and a lot of the things that they were doing as far as like uh that impressed me with like the accessibility controller I thought was cool. I just was and and the way they handled E3 and stuff. Like, I was just really impressed with um, what do Microsoft, they do at E3? Um, well, you know, Microsoft has been a big proponent of E3 over the last... Yeah, because they, they own the theater. And you know what? That's fine. That's still fine. They're still there during my, my Christmas time. No, no, uh, like, E3.
1: and I was honestly saying, like... I don't know what you mean by that, because, like, everything you're saying, yeah, those are great things they have done, but my thing with Microsoft that constantly makes me go, blah, is, like, where are the, the exclusives? Like, well, you can have amazing technology, and your console can make everything look amazing, but if there's no games for me to play on it, why should
0: I give a shit? That, that's that's where I was getting to, though. It has, It's like the sad, like in Toy Story, when he moves his new toys... Uh, And his old classic toys get moved down. Um, Although in that story, you're supposed to love the classic toys. In this case, I moved my Xbox One X down to the family room and it has been now banished to a life of being the family console. And my PlayStation Pro is now in
4: my room. Um, I just think, I think back to, sorry to interrupt. One thing I think back to is like the original Xbox had a purpose because you think about all the games that were exclusive to the original Xbox, there were so many. And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people are like, "Well, exclusives are stupid." You know, like it's even more um it's even worse in some ways for people who don't have a lot of financial or who have a lot of financial burden, who can't afford other consoles. Yeah. It becomes <clears throat> difficult for them to be able to own multiple consoles. So I I get that point, but still, excuse me one second. <clears throat> still, I, I, I still think that it's, it's such a difficult discussion to have in some ways, because for me, it's like growing up and having a second Genesis. The fun behind that was owning a console and owning games that I, I thought better represented me as a gamer and as a person. And some people are going to be like, oh, that's silly. Like, wh- like if you're using like games identity, as like yeah. a representative of your, your personality, and that's fine, whatever. Like, people believe in what they believe in. But for me, growing up, that was part of who I was and part of my personality. Sega, the Sega Genesis represented me more because it was more edgy. And it, they were doing their own style of creative and whatnot and so i really enjoyed that system and it was always fun when i own certain games that my neighborhood friends or childhood friends didn't so it was like okay well you come over today and we'll play sonic or we'll play streets of rage and maybe tomorrow we'll go to your house and we'll play super mario world or we'll play Star Fox. And that that was kind of the appealing nature of that is um, getting to be able to share those experiences with other people. And it's obviously gaming. The gaming landscape has changed over the past 20 to 30 years to where people don't go to their house, each other's houses, as much to game. And if so, it's because more like of the
1: coronavirus.
4: P- well, the, besides that, <laughs> <Yep>. Rich, <laughs> But um, a, a lot of times when gaming is played at each other's house, it's, it's like a party. And I think that's cool. But, and it's also because we're adults and um, yeah. time management and responsibilities and whatnot. But because of that, hey, well, that and The inflation changing, on, on Totino's has just made it unsustainable. Absurd. Bagel bites need to drop down in price. Come on now there'll be currency in the end times Mm -hmm. right but it just it's simply like when i think about this discussion it's like exclusivity of games it's it's a double-edged sword it's like it's like yeah absolutely i would love more exclusive titles for each console because then that warrants people going out and buying these consoles but on the flip side of that it bars people who don't have a lot of money um, from getting those games. And then that opens up a conversation in itself of if you don't have a lot of money, should you be even buying video games and gaming consoles? And I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting discussion to have in the coming months, to be honest with you. And I think it's a topic we should approach as we're coming out of this virus situation, because we saw a lot of people, uh, going to gaming for, for mental health purposes to combat this coronavirus situation so i think as we're out of the virus we should definitely be having that conversation but that's an aside i e- exclusivity is just such a difficult topic and I, I think that kind of factors in here with the console wars and it's one we should absolutely be aware of
0: well it's yeah. so it's complicated yeah go ahead josh josh was actually dropping some good jokes in there
2: no uh, okay. but, <sighs> silently yes mostly just trying to
0: trying to rile him up
2: yeah no i think it's always going to be alive and well in the younger generation because they have no say as to what the console in their house is and they need to believe it's the best one just like you were saying earlier with uh, you know girlfriend requiring you to have the right politics when none of you can vote for the next half a decade um (laughs) they don't fucking know she didn't come to those conclusions on her own like that's, it's literally her dad yelled them at the dinner table the night yes, before. Yes. Like, and of course he's right. Um,
3: <laughs> well, he's this is her dad. Republic, and like, so that's family, always Goddammit, going to be where the console wars live
2: is just, you know, teenagers stuck with one thing and needing it to be the best thing.
0: Well and but I and you're right Josh and I think that unfortunately social media one of the downsides and there are many this isn't some sort of magical enlightening thing but it does promote the the fun flaming of the guy who lives in his basement and wants to piss everyone off by making fun of uh, the PlayStation Four players and and rallying the Xboxers. It's it's there's no the only purpose is to get other people mad and get a bunch of people rallying behind you for the sake of anarchy. Really? Yes
4: and no. Uh, I also I also feel like part of that too is just simply to just uh, joke with your friends. It's like oh you like the Buccaneers? They fucking suck. Uh, I'm a, am Saints guy. Yeah. You know, Something like that. It's just it's a way to have fun with each other too. I think I think a yes a lot of the trolling is yes to piss other people off, which. As an adult, I don't get why, like, oh, you fucking bitch, PS4 fucking sucks, and it's like, I don't care, dude. I like, I, I get to play my games. Uh, like, I don't really give a shit what what y- what you say no, at the end of the day. Yeah. But like, for other people, I don't, I don't get why they put so much stock into what system they own and if other people agree with it or not. I people never like discourse. That. And well, yeah, and I've never got that. I've never really gotten that with teams either. Um, like, oh, you like you like the because Morgan and I are a San Antonio Spurs fan. If so. like I've discussed, oh, man, my you're condolences. Just, you, oh see, I I don't care about that. Like, I don't get why people like get say say that kind of shit when it comes to sports. It's like, why do you care? Go like go like what who you like. I don't really care. If you do or don't like who I like, it, it doesn't matter, unless it's like playful flaming or joking or prodding, like Josh just did. I mean, that's totally fine. That's cool. But like to
3: well, legitimately attack crying, people, like oh <laughs> you,
4: you, like the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks? Oh, you're just a bandwagoner. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't get, I don't. Get I that. sure am. I love bandwagoning. Bandwagon and it's, it's the get same thing, in, baby. It's the, it's the same thing with consoles. Oh,
0: okay. One thing I do want to say was we backstretched the hair, and I I re- I think most of it's done in jest and just for the I don't really, but here's here's what I do think is there's kind of a a hidden subtext to everything that I I do feel that when if someone comes to me in social media and they they want to know like what if a system is worth it or if I have a friend or family member that wants the same thing. Here's, here's the the reality of how I view these things. As someone who's entrenched in this industry, I always try to get a, a handle on their tastes, like what they're into. But I will tell them, I will be like, look, I was really high on the Xbox in 2018 for all these reasons. I mean, I thought CFDs was magical, Game Pass is great, and it gave me the best way to play this game. I loved, Red Dead. But if you ask me right now, I'm really high on PlayStation because the exclusives have been so good that I'm sort of on a reverse swing. And then I look at where we're, yeah. where we are right now with other games coming out, like the last of us Two, And now that I'm getting some more platinums, they've sort of sucked me into their thing. I personally enjoy those more than achievements. And and I look at what Xbox I still can't is believe doing. that you
2: guys are under the impression there's any difference,
4: right? <laughs>
0: it's there's not, it's not that there's a difference, but like, it's just, well, it's just preference. It's just, I enjoy you like one the sound more than effects the other. better. I just like the, actually I like the look. I like the aesthetic of the actual trophy. Um, right no achievements are kind of getting close anyway that's not my point my point is um <laughs> god damn it the larger point is you will have those preferences but when i'm when i'm talking to someone i'm like right now i'm really in the sony ecosystem and xbox is pulling away they are they are actively trying to get away from the console race in my eyes they want to just see kind of blend into the pc market and but also like what is sony doing to perpetuate it like that's
1: such a weird statement like I don't think yeah. the corporations and years
0: have fed into that That's- no I, I think Sony's not perpetuating it but I think that they've Xbox is just like we're giving up before when they were chasing neck and neck sales wise. Now it's like Xbox is just kind of doing their own thing. They're basically making their own like little PC. And I feel like Sony's moving the other end. They're really hunkering down and having a home console. They're kind of, well, they are, but VR. they're
1: also still using like proprietary PC parts. Like there's really no difference at this end. It's just the name that's on the box. that's under your TV. But I think
0: I personally believe that Xbox is trying to, slip slowly out of the console game. I think they just want to well, blend into the PC ecosystem completely. I, I that's don't, what I think. I don't
1: disagree with that. And that's because Microsoft is making PC parts. Like at a point yeah, the right. Xbox and at and this I, point that Xbox is a PC with an Xbox interface.
4: Yes. And they're going for two different things too. I, one thing that's become apparent in the last year or two is Xbox and Microsoft in general is going for accessibility um they they want to be able to bring as much as they can to you as easily as they can, and I think it's been smart. You had mentioned xbox game Pass, and I think that's a really it's been a really good choice for them it's something that, oh, game pass is brilliant
0: yeah it's great yeah. It's amazing. yeah game
4: pass has been huge, whereas playstation i think is more going for the exclusivity market um and I think that's kind of if you were to look at quote unquote a war. It wouldn't be console versus console. It would be accessibility versus exclusivity. Because I think that's really what's going on right now. PlayStation has a bunch of amazing exclusives that you can only get there. Granted, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I I see that, that outrage that happened, uh, I believe it was last month, with that eventually not going to be exclusive to the PlayStation, but... I think, that's, I think that's the biggest thing right now where the war is going on because PlayStation is trying to keep all these titles on their console only and that warrants people continuing to buy their system. Whereas Xbox is like, you know what, fuck it. Just like, let's let people be able to play with each other um, between PC and Xbox because that's what they've wanted all along. Granted, PC is going to have a slight yeah. edge, but the people don't care about that. Like, if I'm playing Apex with... Granted, they don't yeah. have cross-play, and I wish they did, but if I wanted to play crossplay with Josh and Rich, or Josh and Morgan, or Rich and Morgan, it doesn't matter, any, com- any combination, I don't care if Josh has a slight advantage. I just want to go and play and have fun with him. The advantage doesn't really matter that much to me, and I think that's what Xbox has seen and they're doing. They want to make it accessible, um, and PlayStation hasn't quite been on board with that but they are knocking it out of the park with their exclusives.
2: Yeah, I think when we were talking originally about the new console prices, it um, seems like you guys were leaning way more towards them underpricing them so you can then make money on games. Which is what they usually do. Which is, yeah, which well, is what they usually do. But also, it seems like Xbox slash Microsoft realized they don't really need to worry about selling too many consoles if all their games are going to be on PC as well. As well as the Xbox One in at least the first year or two. Yeah. So, as far as like any money they're going to be making off of licensing and game sales, they don't need to win a console sales battle uh War. going with that sort of strategy um they can still make as much money off games by having them sell on other consoles on other platforms uh, entirely it's, yeah um, yeah because yes and that's something You're- sony doesn't really have going for them um because they are really focusing like you said on exclusives and that may end up meaning that whether they should or not they have to charge less for the console to make sure that people get it uh, so they yeah.
4: can move that software later on. Right. You, you, brought, you brought something interesting to me that I have, like, it's been at the back of my mind, but I haven't quite articulated it, is I think we're seeing Xbox, you know, be kind of like a halfway point between just a strict console and PC gaming because... For me as myself, I I don't understand a lot about PCs and PC gaming to be perfectly straight with you, which is why I've stuck with consoles most of my life, if not my entire life. Like I will play some indie games on my ancient laptop when I can and when it can handle it, but otherwise I don't often game there because I don't really understand technology at that level. I've never sat down and taught myself and researched it. So console is a an easy way to just plug in and play, and I think what X the new Xbox is going to be at this point is like PC light gaming, where you can still for the most part plug in and play, um, and you don't have to worry about exactly, upgrading yeah. your parts and um and mm-hmm. finagling with the settings too much and whatnot. And I think that's what we're going to see here going forward, and that's going to be the big difference. So console. I think console wars at this point are going to become obsolete because I think we're going to see gaming shift drastically here within the next five to 10 years. I mean, it's always forward thinking and we're going to continue to see that
2: I've been noticing on a lot of the other sites I've been to way more of the play numbers moving to PC from the other from console in recent years. and i like i think a lot of that is just the market expanding in general um but yeah i think i think pc gaming is more expe- accessible than it's ever been and getting more so um but yeah there there always needs to be some sort of entry point and and like you're saying i the xbox having a lot of the same games as the PC is kind of an interesting way, and if they start pushing more and more cross-play like they have recently, like, we played a ton of Sea of Thieves cross-platform that way. Um, if they push more and more of that so you can make friends who play games on one or the other, I, I think the idea of just building a community that that is strong enough um, I think that's a bigger thing almost than than even games in a lot of ways. It's just well, I'll play whatever as long as I'm playing with my friends. Um,
1: I do think the crossplay will be basically the standard for most things going into the next generation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and
0: and Phil Spencer, who's one of the, one of my favorite people in the industry and he, uh, for Xbox and the lead of Xbox, um, he I don't I don't know what his official title is but like lead director or what have you, of, of Xbox. I'd have to double-check on that so I don't sound like an idiot. But he he has come out and said a... I will say this, to, not to play devil's advocate on my own point. He has said in interviews, I believe, that he just loves the idea of coming home and sitting there and turning on a console. I think that he just likes the console experience. So maybe there'll maybe they'll always be something hanging around, but he also has rejected adamantly the idea of a console war. And I feel like... That's of, yeah. of course. If you're getting obliterated, you want to reject the console war and you want to move away from that. And the smart play for them is what they're doing. They 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 know that it's trying to catch PlayStation forever in some sort of silly race like they used to do well, is silly. That's the, they don't. Um, uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off there. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think any of these companies
1: are in a place where console war is a realistic thing that ever needs to happen again. They all have a market. They all are selling enough where it's not like some silly competition where, mm-hmm. you know, year to year they're like, if we don't sell enough, we're not going to survive. Like, they do. The, the
0: Xbox right. has sold enough, but I imagine it's weird whenever you have a console on the market and your competitor has a console on the market and theirs has sold seven times as much as yours. Yours still sells fine, well, but it's still one of those things, you know? <laughs> it's interesting
1: because the home console scape used to be a very different game. And it's like, literally, I I brought this up a million times, but the Mm -hmm. actual book, Console Wars, which is about the Genesis versus the Super Nintendo back in the day, like, fantastic book, because it literally, it's told from the perspective of the president of Sega of America at the time, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and it was literally like, back then, they were sitting in boardrooms being like, we need to figure out how we can, like, Nintendo is killing it. We need to figure out how we can convince people that they need a Sega Genesis
0: in their house. You know what though? If I was going to play devil's advocate, I want to ask you guys this, and I mean this in sincerity because I know it's going to sound crazy at first. But a sincere devil's advocate—it's just what you always want. <laughs> devil's avocado, Larry. I—I <laughs> I was listening to some stuff, um, recently, ironically about just sort of how
3: competition. You were listening to about. something ironically, but, but seriously, I,
0: um, seriously, God, ironically. I, really, I did as a as a devil's just, advocate. I, I just mean the timing was ironic um, because of this topic. It was actually a sports show. Was it like, like rain tra- on your wedding day? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was more like a free ride. It's a green
1: light when you're already late, idiot. Get the line right if we're going to make this joke.
0: It's a free ride. That's, not, that the,
1: that's not the lyric. It's a green light when, when you're already late.
0: No, a free ride, but you already paid. That's one of the lines in mm. that damn song.
1: Maybe it is. It's, it's free How ride. How
0: dare you? It's free How ride. How dare you? But no, what, I said was, was, what I said
1: was also a verse.
0: You just totally obliterated my verse from the song.
1: See, that one makes no sense to me because that's a bad lyric because a free ride on what? When do you get a free
0: ride the on whole, something? The what, whole song what situ-
4: is not ironic. It's coincidence.
2: Yeah, no, it's not irony at all. That's, that's the podcast we
4: to have. I'm
0: just
2: astounded um, anyone's listened to the whole song. That's Everybody has. Come on, Josh.
3: The 90s. No, yeah.
2: everybody has.
0: The everybody 90s happens.
3: happens. We if, were you, all there. if you shopped in no, a grocery store in the, no, store in the 2000s and
4: you did hear that song,
2: come <laughs> on, and go somewhere else, you weren't trying.
4: I uh, remember that song playing went on the speakers to, um, at my local
0: BX while I was...
4: Dave I was the talking. Leather Guy's basement. Just immediately there in your mind. Mm-hmm. 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 Old, old
3: Dave. Mm-hmm. And isn't it ironic? Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so anyways what i was
0: getting at was that competition is actually generally good they in in different areas of the industry like right now even though it's annoying to have to buy several apps, it's good for like Disney Plus and Netflix because they are pushing to create more unique content because competition is good. And what I wonder, in a weird way, is if Xbox separating has been kind of why we've seen such a decline in the quality of their exclusives because they don't feel the need to match that. And PlayStation's still knocking it out of the park. And maybe, if, if we're going to play Devil's Advocate, that it's smart for them, but also the quality of their original products has really taken a hit you know i don't
1: i see how that's possible because their their studios their job is not to decide what microsoft's pivot is their job is to develop video games
4: right and why have
0: all their exclusives been so underwhelming go ahead that's a great fucking question
4: (laughs) no no that is that is a good question but i i see it a little bit differently because rich brought up the genesis versus snes discussion and i think back to that because that was such a that it was a huge console war you know at that point it was a console war and then the 64 and playstation one were console wars but at that point i think nintendo was like you know what we're like there's no point in continuing this war let's just do what we do best and continue to innovate And it's put itself in its own lane ever since. You know, you think GameCube, GameCube was kind of at war with Xbox One and PS2, but kind of not. And then they really started to just diverge and be their own thing when the Wii came out. And ever since then, they've kind of just blazed their own path. And I I think that's kind of the key there is they've done their own thing. Now Xbox and PlayStation still kind of stayed in this archaic console war business. And I think Xbox has realized or Microsoft has realized that, you know, there's no point to this. It's, it's never ending. There's no innovation from it because at that point it simply becomes who has the better graphics, who has the exclusives. Um, and that I think they kind of just dropped out of that kind of like Nintendo did. Nintendo was like, you know what, let's just get these, like, let's get these other studios. Let's make our own content. Let's make our own creative, um, IPs and let's just stay in our lane. And I think Microsoft kind of realized why, why don't we just do our own lane and accessibility has really started to become their lane. So PlayStation, You know, I've loved PlayStation since PS1. You know, I've loved Sony's gaming platform for a long time. And I've loved Xbox, and I've grown to love Nintendo over time. Um, And I think about PlayStation, and I don't really know what their identity is going forward other than exclusives. And I think that's kind of what's hurting them is, like, they don't know what their identity is going forward, really. I think that these other two companies, Nintendo and Microsoft, they know what they're doing going forward, and they've established that identity, and they're not trying to compete with each other. There's Xbox isn't like, or Microsoft isn't like, I'm going at Nintendo because they know they're not going to win, and I think that Xbox's past generation really took it on the chin. They're like, we try to go up against, um, Sony. Microsoft tried to go up against Sony, and they couldn't compete when they were playing Sony's game which was just trying to upgrade their qual the quality of their console and their games and it's like Microsoft figured out a way to exit the console console wars and just do its own thing which is accessibility um i'm sure a byproduct of that is competing with the other consoles but i don't think that's the main focus anymore and i think that's what consoles have to do going forward if they want to survive like Nintendo's not going anywhere for the next however many years, they're just not going anywhere because they continue to innovate and create their own games and they continue to be huge. They're not going anywhere. PlayStation and Sony is at risk with that. Xbox was at risk with that, but by being accessible, I think they will circumvent that. Who knows what's going to happen with PlayStation. And I, and some people may be like, well, ha ha, that's more credence to the console wars. But I think it's the opposite. I think it's, less console wars and us losing consoles in general. Like if PlayStation doesn't figure out what they're doing, it's not that they, that they lose the console wars, the console's gone and like the fans lose out. That's not a good thing. Like when Sega went under, we lost out. I don't view that as like the winning and losing of the console wars. I view that as like, well, fuck now we don't get more, you know, high, like we still get Sega stuff here and there, but, it's not the same
0: yeah that is the sad part really you know whenever you yeah we just don't Absolutely. get those the sega products are not really the same it was like the, that's what i'm saying in a weird way like having that console race was like getting we were getting better products out of it it doesn't have to be that way but it seems to there seems to be a correlation there which is kind of sad i i i see what you're saying i don't necessarily think playstation will ever go I think they're doubling down on this and I don't see them going anywhere, but I do agree that each person will just find their own lane and and run with it. And, uh, and that, that should be fine. I mean, that's the era that we live in. I think, man, when it, when it, if you really think about it, the whole idea of console wars, like it's, it's just really been game exclusive wars. That's really what it's always been about. And the console portion of it was what you had to deal with. If I wanted to play Halo, I had to deal with a controller that was as big as my goddamn face, you know? <laughs> That's just part of part of the deal. So don't talk shit about, about that type of PlayStation. Old,
2: yeah. Uh, yes, but also No, it's but also it's no. the mental gymnastics that people have gone through to try to pretend that like they made the right choice. Because, like you said, you have to put up with that controller. I don't know how many fucking idiots I've heard try to defend that god-awful controller. People liked it enough that they is. put it back
0: out again. They
2: re-released the Duke. Hey,
0: Josh, we had some good memories on that big controller. It was, mm-hmm. it was like a spaceship controller. Probably. It was not
2: ideal. Yeah, um, no. like you can't, you can't legally carry that controller in public in 48 states. In yeah, yeah saying, in
1: Texas you can open carry.
3: Mhm. That's
4: right. open carry, um, the duke. No, I I think that like with PlayStation 1 or sorry, PlayStation 2 and Xbox, that's correct, Morgan, but I I think back to even like the SNES and Sega Genesis era, the Super Nintendo was having all these creative different controllers and whatnot. Um, I remember that uh Super Nintendo tried to delve into a very primitive vr um controller kind of experience where you had to assemble this well that too yeah you had to assemble this ring around you and um sorry that was motion detection I, i apologize i'm mixing those two up they had the virtual boy which is very primitive vr they had this like ring they were trying to do this primitive uh motion detection they were trying to do all these innovative things and so if, if you look at it from that point of view, it's like, okay, who's trying to do these different innovative controller schemes and whatnot? Well, Nintendo was trying to do all this, these creative things like bring out the gun from the, the original NES or all these other little um, attachments. Rob the robot. That too. And then Sega Genesis was also yeah, um, trying to do stuff. Yeah. Some of that was with like um, uh, airplane controller controls and whatnot like each system was trying to do something different so during that time i think it was more viable for you to be like well i want to own the super nintendo because i want to try the virtual boy i want to be able to try the motion detection or oh i want to do the second genesis because their games are edgier but also because they have um flight simulation or they have edgier. the the fight sticks or whatever vector man's so edgy was. the edgiest but it yeah, Wasn't yellow uh,
0: circles? I don't really think there's many edges there. It was a joke. Not many. Well, so was mine.
4: Wasn't that good, though?
0: A, <laughs> a double,
4: a double yoke. But, uh, I okay. mean, like, I, I just think that's where it was at. So I think your statement is correct only to a point. Because back then, I think, I, I don't agree with you. But I think from the PlayStation 2 Xbox on, yes, I would agree with you.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I do have some awesome comments. I wanted to read here just a couple that I thought were really good to bring in. By the way, every Thursday I'll do a question of the week, usually on the Sword Trump Instagram page, and we will discuss it. Um, I I will say that I know this is not maybe something you guys share, but I'm in the sake of honesty. I remember when I was playing my Xbox a lot, and then I was downstairs for a while, and I played like Moss, and I got that Spiral Platinum last year. I remember kind of thinking like, part of my identity. These, these that i love right or wrong i enjoy the playstation brand it's not necessarily like a loyalty thing i enjoy that brand i identify i like the trophies i grew up with those mascots i enjoy the look of the controller and the style those things i identify with and i prefer them like it makes me happy you yeah, know i'm enjoy- with you there i mean I, like you said
1: i don't think it's a loyalty because the minute like the Xbox is promising me more, or offering more to me. I'm gonna end up playing that more.
0: Yeah, and but I yeah, will that ever happen? That'd be surprising. And then PlayStation would have to stop everything. You know, like my game of the year last year, Sony. You guys have really enjoyed the Final Fantasy VII remake. Sony, Last of Us Two's coming out next week or next month. Sony, like it's just. It still feels like, like that's where I feel like the best place for me to game for so many reasons is. But I'm frustrated because my – I Ori is probably my – it won't mean anything in the year probably, but Ori is my, probably my game of the year right now, and so many people can't play that game because the the PlayStation 4 is such a massive market, and they're not able to play it, and it's not on the Switch yet. So if you're if – It you're will on be. P- it and it won't look as good but if you're not on the switch or um if you're not on the switch or I'm sorry if you're on the PC or the Xbox a lot of people are going to miss out on that game and that's too bad and no rich to your point the first ori i think actually would look fine on the switch that day we had that funny argument about that um i had no idea that the um, I actually talked to the composer about this. So you guys are very wrong. but like the work they did compared to the first Ori to make the Ori and the Will of Wisps because he was working directly with them looks so good. It's l- I went back and played well, some of the first Ori light years better if they I, could pull I, that I mean off,
1: I don't want to get into this now, but of course it looks better objectively on the Xbox. But, like, the art is fantastic. It doesn't need to be this high-fidelity nonsense it's, to impress it's, me.
0: The, the art is so much more detailed than, than that first... Or it, I went back and played them back-to-back. Yeah, back. I mean, that's not it's the conversation staggering.
1: we're having. Like, you're just saying, it's going to look like shit on the Switch or whatever, but... <laughs> I think, well, just because the... the
0: I, I have a feeling with there were some of the resolution issues knowing a lot of those third-party games. Like, look at Mortal Kombat. I told you guys that story. Like... I I don't know. It's a that's a
4: very different art, like art I, direction. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm following your line of reasoning here. I'm trying to, but I'm not sure. I'm following.
0: A lot of third party games I've played on my Switch just end up looking really poor. So oh, I'm I'm, okay. I'm. I would. You know, if they can pull off a miracle, that would be awesome. Because I don't think I hope, it's going to be a miracle. I think it's going to look fine. And maybe fine is good enough for some people, but I mean, it looks amazing on the Xbox One and X, I can, and probably the Xbox One, I would imagine. Um, well,
4: well, I I think that's like wanting your cake and eating it too at that point, because the Switch, yeah. Yeah. a lot of a lot of the games on there look gorgeous, and I think that the criticism that they they would look better on the Xbox One X or the PS4 Pro, well. in some terms yeah i'm sure that they would because those consoles have more um components in there to be able to handle higher fidelity and whatnot but at the same time a lot of the games that are on the switch are specifically made because um in response to that so for example you know, um, the, the one that's coming to my head, and I don't mean to use it because you mentioned it before, Morgan, is Breath of the Wild. Maybe in some way, shape, or form, it would look better on those consoles in some aspects, but it doesn't need to. It looks absolutely beautiful on the Switch. There's, there's no reason why it needs to be, quote-unquote, even better graphics. And I think with something like Ori in the Blind Forest, that, was a vi- that that was a studio of 20 people. And um they hand drew all of that and that's absolutely amazing. And yeah, I, I've i read stuff on Ori and the will of the Wisps where their studio quadrupled and they wanted to up the ante on the graphics. And the reason why they did that as a middle middle tier studio, because they're not a small dev and they're not like a triple A dev. They're they classify themselves as somewhere in the middle because they have eighty people um but they wanted to do that because they wanted to give credence to the fact that 2d games can look amazing and can still compete with the biggest and yes. best games. And yeah. well, that's not your point. Um, but <laughs> yes, the, 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 the reason why that existed, um, that, that they created it that way is because they had a specific goal in mind. And I, I think the reason why, it's not on the switch right now is because their goal was to maximize, um, things like fidelity or resolution or whatnot. And I don't, I don't know if it could or could not be achieved on the switch. I don't know. I don't know the specific, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the specs. specs. Yeah. I don't know the specific specs, if it, if the switch could handle it or not, but I'm willing to believe that if they were to be able to port it to the Switch, they'd make sure it looks damn good on the Switch. I like I have yeah. full confidence in that studio. It's not the most studio. demanding
2: game, but like the Switch doesn't have a lot of graphics RAM, so you're gonna need to optimize it pretty well. Just because like the loading between zones could be where there's issues. Where it
1: suffers, yeah. Yeah, like that's like the
2: only place where there'd be any issues as it's trying to load new stuff in because you've got less space to preload that stuff on the console. But other than that, there's not really a lot going on. Um, it's not like really CPU or GPU intensive,
3: huh? Right? Yeah,
0: if it look, I think this is the best looking 2D game I've ever seen. If they can make that thing run on the Switch, I will be blown away. I will be blown away.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. But after playing the first one. (laughs) That's five
0: years old or whatever. Going back and playing it, I totally see why Rich was saying it looked fine on his Switch because, yeah, it's it was like it, it was hard for me to play after playing Will of the Wisp. So I'm like, oh man, I'm sure this looked awesome five years ago. But fuck. they had different
4: goals. They had they had different God, goals. Will I think Will of the Wisps looks so good. It's cool. I think it looks just fine now. Yeah. I I think both games Have you were trying trying. Will of to... the Wisp yet? Yeah. I think both games visually were trying to do two different things. In. Yes, and so to to say that Blind Force looks bad in comparison, I think in comparison to Will of the Wisps, I think that is a somewhat fair statement simply because of the fact that it's five years later they had the funds they had the team they had the specs to be able to make the game that they probably ultimately wanted to with blind force but with blind force they had a team of 20 they They're hand drawing everything they had the game is strictly 2d whereas will the wisps is these um dynamic 2d backgrounds and then them seamlessly putting in these 3d character models into there is amazing. And I, I agree with you on that, but at the same time, I want it known that the blind force still looks amazing. It's still a gorgeous game. And if you're going from one to the other, that doesn't detract from the fact that the blind force is still a beautiful looking game. Um, yeah. And it, it speaks to what they've been able to do on will of the whips. Absolutely. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I respectfully disagree, but I think we're mostly on the same page as far as the Will of the Wisp stuff goes, um, for sure. And uh, that's probably a good time to say that as we're talking about Ori, that I was very fortunate to contact and do an interview with um, Gareth Coker, the composer of Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, sadly, I did not have the reference for that game because I missed it, and I'm sure if I had played it in 2015, I probably would have been as blown away as you guys were. Um, but uh, we mostly talked about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and then a lot of stuff. I found out a lot of cool stuff about him as a gamer, his relationship to the industry. Uh, we were like kind of going back and forth on some of the songs on the album that affected me the most and you're going to see that drop on my in the blood podcast so that's coming back you don't want to miss that this week um, it'll could drop even before you hear this so if for some reason you haven't seen it you should go search for in the blood wherever podcast. get podcasts. it's a really cool interview um, you're going to learn a lot about that game as well it's not just about the music and it was it was a lot of fun talking to gareth coker so don't miss that
4: that's cool man that soundtrack is beautiful mint simple it's exquisite yeah. love that soundtrack
0: i still enjoy that clip of josh calling me a moron from the first time we talked about the music mm-hmm. that's my that's my favorite clip I have <laughs> from the chomp cast <laughs> i seem to isolate that sound as well um, uh, i, ho- I, you I, learned, normally I hope you don't make it that learned personal your lesson when you but speak it was out just of
3: like turn. mine's the
1: one from this podcast where josh told me to get on my knees
0: it's true it it always comes around in some shape or form um get on your knees moron yes yes daddy um all right so some a couple of these really good comments that we got this week um This is from Dan LP said, for the most part, yeah, I think the console wars are obsolete. There's always going to be diehards for each console, but I think most of us just want great games in the end. Of course, that is the dilemma of having to get the console to play the game you want. Is Halo Infinite um, releasing at the same time on PC? Does anybody know for sure? It doesn't have a release date. But like hypothetically, have they said it's going to, I guess maybe that's still up in the air. I don't don't think they've they've stated
4: that that at this
0: time. That's gonna be tricky for people that don't have, like people like Josh who don't have an Xbox and have a PC. Well, it's
1: it's gonna be on Xbox One also. Like, there's gonna
0: be places to play. Yes, yes exactly. Well, for us, yeah. I just would. I
4: would just it might we'll even think. be something where it's like time release, like Xbox. The new Xbox gets it for like six months or a year or one month, and then PC gets access to it as well. So that seems like that's also been the case sometimes. Where, um, yeah the Xbox gets stuff before the PC. So, we'll see what happens. Or
1: vice versa. You can't get uh Gears Tactics on console yet. It's only on Weirdly, PC. Weirdly? Yeah. Weird stuff well, it's a like tactics that. game. That's where it belongs. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Talk about a
1: <laughs> Talk about preference. Listen, man, um, if if you want to look... play a tactics game with a controller, I don't understand why you want to add a half an hour to everything that you do.
0: Did you not love Fire Emblem?
1: The uh Fire Emblem? I do love Fire Emblem, but also that's the only way I've ever known to play Fire Emblem. And uh, Gear so Tactics guess, is a lot so. more like XCOM. There's a lot more going on than there is in Fire Emblem.
0: Like a little bit of a psychological hitch there. That's all I'm saying. Um, there's a lot of great console games. You can a lot of great tactics games. I played Final Fantasy Tactics with a controller. Like, yeah, know. no. Again, we're
1: talking about games that are very different. Like there's a Final Fantasy Tactics fine with a controller. Grid-based tactics games tend to be easier with a controller. Games like an XCOM or um, a Gears Tactics are a, a lot easier with a keyboard and mouse because of the level of precision in placement and stuff like that. I'm did not they saying make
0: the XCOM games for console.
1: Yes, they did. I imagine they did. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I'd be curious to try those for sure. They but just yeah.
1: feel too slow to me when you're playing That's them on fair.
0: console. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally. It's a, it's a different kind of tactics game for sure. Um, Gilbert Kitchens our good friend Beasy, said I want competition if that's what the wars mean then bring them on I want this new generation to be the closest yet Xbox has had their lead with the 360 Sony has theirs with the PS4 now I want to see them go neck and neck so every gamer wins Um, however if all console wars means is assholes commenting lol Xbox dead on every Sony post then the console wars probably should die that's exactly what they mean I agree with Gil. That's what I was talking about earlier. I think the competition was better for Xbox. I think that they're look, I can't I can't prove it, but I just feel like their exclusive has suffered and nobody seems to know why. So we're bro. And it sucks that more people can't play Sea of Thieves because that was an amazing game. And uh PC and Xbox. Only. Too bad. Let's see here. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Gustav, well, we had one jump. We had one got comment, guys. Gustavito said, "What console wars? Sony always wins." There we go. We had to get. I'm surprised I didn't get more of those. I re- I really thought there was going to be more. What a fun um, opinion! What a fun <laughs>
1: correct opinion.
0: Uh, I, I probably won't tag him. Yeah, Troy V. <laughs> Troy VP says, uh, "I think they are obsolete. Most people are worried about what system their friends have, than what is the best. And with crossplay becoming more popular and utilized, which console, um, and with crossplay becoming more popular and utilized, which console you have doesn't really matter. Exclusives are the last driving force for console sales. I will say one kind of strange reality that we probably don't completely grasp because we're so entrenched is that those really casual gamers that just get down on Call of Duty and Fortnite." They're gonna buy whatever system their friends on, if and that's such a large market, and that's that's so yeah. far from me that I don't even know what that's like. So yeah, I know yeah, people that no, are one hundred percent
4: like that, but yep, yep. When I uh, worked at GameStop like three, four years ago, we had military personnel c- come in all the time, and like they bought a very specific type of video game, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, my buddy's got an Xbox, so I need to pick one up." Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. And I, I definitely don't agree with that comment that exclusivity is the only driving force for consoles because as we said before, price is gonna be a big one as well. Because who if someone can't invest two thousand plus dollars into a computer to get a nice one, granted, it's not always that much money. I know some people are like I can get a good one for like twelve hundred. Well, You know, there's some people that even can't afford that. So a $400 console or a $300 console is a much easier bite, a bullet to bite than a a PC. But yeah, also that too, like whatever your buddy's playing on big driving force. That's one we didn't even talk about. You know, what's funny is I was going to ask, like, I mean, I know it's a market,
1: but like if you're like a military personnel, why would you want to play Call of Duty? But then I realized that Morgan's favorite game last year was about making deliveries.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's 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 in my it's in your blood, you know, what can you say? I do feel a strong dude, when I was a kid and I would take some deliveries in Grand Theft Auto and, and I was delivering at my day job, I was like, Man, I like this. <laughs> this feels good. Um we don't have time again. <laughs> Shade muted. I, I, I
1: did play a lot of papers, please, which is a game about filing paperwork, basically. So
0: there
3: you go. I was gonna That's say actually that, a good game though. The
4: the fetch quest yeah. and gaming They're all geared towards Morgan, then. And people like Morgan. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense now.
0: We cracked it. Sort of. I think we're getting there. Look, I don't mind a good fetch quest every now and then.
4: Uh, Or Um, you don't, like... And I'm not saying this in a derogatory way. I'm saying as a matter of fact. Or you like a game that's completely about fetch questing. I meant in a derogatory sense. I know you did. I I don't. But I I know you
0: did. I like the idea with some of these games that focus on deliveries, because one thing at delivery drivers, you, you have time to think while you're on your delivery about what happened before and what might happen ahead of you. You know, it's contemplation. It's crazy. I have no time to think at work. Well, different job, I guess. Um, just try delivery driving. It's fun. Anyways. Uh, thank everyone for leaving comments, uh, this week. Some good stuff there. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Um, and maybe one day we can just argue about whether Ori can run on the Switch for three hours and put that in our podcast feed. That could be fun. Um, or in the Willow Whips, of course. Um, Josh is saying stuff to me in the private chat.
2: <laughs> God damn it, Josh.
0: Just say these things out loud. That was well, my no,
2: initial thought as No, well. it's no, just like delivery driving is great. You get to put wear and tear on your own personal property without compensation it's It's the best uh, yeah just the best
0: it's true and the biggest thing that these delivery games miss is that you listen to music and stuff on your journey it doesn't have to be quiet all the time you know you have your little your your music in your car or your headphones or what have you well it's not
1: my fault if you didn't buy the mp3 player in ff15
0: uh (laughs) that's true that's true. I did love going to buy those classic Final Fantasy songs in the gas stations and then playing the music in my car while I was rolling around in Final Fantasy 15. That was good times.
2: Yeah. Good times. Not every day Oddly, to I your... thought that was the biggest miss in the remake is that you could buy all these songs and then you had to go to a jukebox to play them.
1: I'm really hoping in part two, the buggy and uh, the, uh, the tiny Bronco
2: and such all have a radio. Yeah, because, yeah, it was kind of dumb that if you wanted to listen to those songs, you'd have to just go stand, St- stand by a jukebox. Yeah. Um, some of these, uh, by the way, if you enjoy what you do, patreon.com slash
0: sword chomp, patreon.com slash swordchomp. stop the podcast right now, go there, check it out. Bunch of tiers for you to invest in Chomp nation. So some of these games are quick hitters and some of them are a little more lengthy. Um, so I'm going to get some of the quick ones out of the way. First, uh, Rich, you said you've still been playing some more Gears tactics. I know we talked a little bit about that last week, but I wanted to give you a chance for some um, follow-up thoughts. How How is the tactic going?
1: Um, I haven't polished it off yet or anything, but, uh, I mean, no huge revelatory new thoughts on it. I, that game's still really fucking good. Um, I'm going to keep powering through it. I mean, there's a lot of gear customization, which I love. I already talked about how weird it is to have... Cole dressed as a linebacker in my squad, but I continue to do it. Um, mm-hmm.
2: that game's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. What yeah. would your? Ch- I know last week you did. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, no, I was are just you... with uh, Chimera Squad coming out. It it seems like they're finally starting to realize that all these XCOM spinoffs are doing things interesting and different and better in a lot of ways, and are trying to. And learn they from need it. to innovate, yeah, um, because. I've I've been hearing nothing but good things about Gears Tactics and Mario vs Rabbids is amazing. Like it's 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 one of the best tactics games. Um it's it's ridiculously good. Um did you
0: enjoy Mario and Rabbids more than Fire Emblem Josh?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's much better than Fire Emblem.
1: The um, the mechanics they like the newer mechanics in Mario Rabbids like launching characters and stuff, it's all brilliant.
2: Yeah.
0: But can you date the rabbits, though?
1: You could fuck the rabbits.
0: All right, I'm, I'm on board now. Um.
1: <laughs> and ne- no, never forget the most important part to me of Mario Rabbits is the expansion, because there's a Cranky Kong rabbit. Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah, the expansion is Donkey Kong themed, and one of the, you get DK as a character, and one of the new characters you get is a Cranky Kong rabbit.
0: The Donkey Kong music and stuff? Yeah. Yep. Like Donkey Kong country themed kind of music?
1: Well yeah, it's got the DK uh, Donkey Kong Country characters in it. Like I said, uh Cranky Rabbit is my favorite character from that series. It was fucking br- I believe your squad in that is um what the Cranky Rabbit, the Peach Rabbit, DK um there's probably probably at least one more, probably Mario, but
0: do people actually like the rabbits or is it just like a horror thing like they're just so awful looking they um, can't find joy in that cuz I I've always, as somebody who's not familiar with the Rabbids, I know it's a Ubisoft. Um, I was never huge on for- the
1: Rabbids,
2: um, yeah, I, but like they're tolerable in this yeah, atmosphere. I, exactly. They're just kind of ridiculous. They made a cartoon about them. which They're I the think, original minions. <laughs> yeah. Like they were really trying hard for it to be a thing and they really yeah. weren't. Like the only thing fun about it is that they're parodying something that's actually good this time with the whole taking well, on the personas of Mario characters. Mario characters and just really. If it was just them. Mario and there was no rabbids, do you think it would have been better? Maybe. Depends on the story they're telling.
0: Yeah, I because remember the rabbits
2: where... kind of open it up to be entirely dumb fun. Okay. Um so they're not like they don't really bog it down or anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah, because it's still, it's mostly from, I was going to say I was going to, mostly from the point of view of the Mario characters, but I don't even think it's that. It's most, they kind of frame it that way. Like you're, you're some robot who is, you know. You're, you, have a, you have a Roomba. Yeah, you're a Roomba. That like is your, the actual player character that kind of guides everyone around. But like, the Rabbids are supposed to be ridiculous, and that's kind of... Yeah, yeah. And the Mario characters
1: are kind of begrudgingly tolerating them, but I remember thinking yeah. at the time, because I feel like nobody even remembers this, but the Rabbids were initially introduced as Rayman villains,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I remember thinking at the time, yeah. I, I'd much rather this Mario Tactics game be Mario Cross Rayman.
0: <laughs> or really, Mario Cross anything, I think, would have been huge, but... Do what you can. But, like, I mean,
1: think about that. Even if the rabbit characters are still intact, but if, like, it was Mario teaming up with Rayman in the rabbit's world. Because even with the rabbits on your squad, rabbits are also still the enemies.
0: Man, you know what? Speaking of console wars, if it was Mario characters versus Sonic characters, and you could pick a side at the beginning of a game to play, and it was a tactics game, I would have pre-ordered that game the second they announced it.
1: Yeah, but like, uh, who would pick the Sonic side? So why even work on that side?
0: I are you kidding? Yeah. It's rich. You are a Sonic fan. Why would you say? Why would you betray Sonic? Why my... would you
1: say something like that to me?
0: Well, that
3: <laughs> I knew,
2: and I knew you're a Sonic
3: fan. That I sounds like Sonic a terrible 2.
2: idea because, just statistically speaking, you're about ninety percent <laughs> likely to make a horrible game. If you put Sonic in it.
0: Yeah. Didn't Shadow use a gun one time? I'm pretty sure yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, in Shadow know.
1: the Hedgehog. <laughs> I've told you guys this story before. At Sega of America headquarters, in the lobby, there's a statue from of Shadow the Hedgehog holding a gun down, and there is a games journalism tradition that the first time you go to Sega of America headquarters, you take a photo of uh Shadow the Hedgehog executing you. You get on your knees <laughs> and take a photo of Shadow the Hedgehog executing you.
0: That sounds amazing. Well, I don't have that in my life. I, I feel like I'm missing out.
1: If we ever go to Sega of
0: America headquarters, Morgan, we're going to take that picture. I, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, just the fun of thinking of how silly Sonic versus Mario would be in that classic sense in a tactic game would be really cool. Um, and Shadow's just got a fucking Glock. <laughs>
2: It, it would actually uh, almost finally make sense, since everybody has guns in the, uh, the <laughs> Like,
3: Radical.
1: Shadow just opens fire on Luigi and Sonic's like, Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like everyone else, everyone else has their ridiculous, like, you know, honey guns or ice yeah. things, and, and Shadow just shows up with an actual gun. An actual <laughs> yeah. gun, he just doesn't get it, Yeah. yeah.
0: He just doesn't get it. Um, Lock and what, load. I, we didn't get into this last week, Rich. And uh, but what would your chief criticism of Gears Tactics be? Um, I there's nothing glaring to me. I mean,
1: I don't have a big criticism of it yet, but I'm also not finished with it yet, and I'm not really close to being finished with it.
0: So ten out of ten, perfect game, Rich, Rich Meister. Sorry.
1: Uh, no, I you don't review games until you're finished <laughs> oh. playing them.
0: whoa whoa, whoa. that's a slippery slope of journalism right there sir come on i said until
1: you're finished playing them not until they're the end until you've decided you're finished playing
0: (laughs) oh okay okay that makes sense
1: i have totally reviewed games without finishing them going i've seen enough of this
0: (laughs) yeah who hasn't um cool all right well you're still sticking with the gears tactics so totally uh, let's see. What other quick hitters I have in those? Oh, uh, I thought you guys would appreciate this. I'm forcing myself to finish Hellblade in honor of Hellblade 2 dropping hopefully soon. Um, I think I got past the part of the game that I was not enjoying, and now I'm into the part of the game that I will be enjoying a lot more, hopefully. Um, How telling. Got- I,
4: hate, I hate your language there, that you're forcing yourself to play the game because that game is amazing. Um, I understand that the puzzles are not the most intuitive aspect of the game and some of them are downright frustrating. But yeah, it's such a good game. So I, I well, hate the language, but I, I understand it's how you feel. I do. <laughs> I'm not mad at you for it. I'm just saying it, it it hurts me. It hurts my soul because I love that game so much, but I get it.
0: Cle- I do. Clearly you're mad at me. I'm sorry. Uh inconsolable,
4: le- goddammit.
0: Let me let me add some You context. seem nice. It's not because I, I knew. I told you guys when we first played it on the podcast that I just had played a little bit of it and I just wasn't in the puzzles. And I think I spent like literally one night with it and I and it was on a PC at the time that was not great and I just couldn't get into it and it didn't hook me. But I knew I would. I knew there was enough in there that I would enjoy. The part that I had to force myself to play was is like the first two hours of the game that I got through last night. Finally, um, the first part time in the game that I actually really was like, okay, I like this, was the, probably the first boss fight um, where you fight that thing that like flies. At you. Well, you can go one of two ways. So the first boss fight might be different, but it's like this weird um, phantom creature that can like fly at you and throw blades at you, and you can deflect them back. I think it's – I don't know if it's female or male. I I don't. I just – I don't remember. I'm trying to describe it best that I can. It was like one of this crazy-looking bird witch you, lady thing. You didn't take a You peek? tell
1: them – you telling me what its genitals are aren't going to help me uh, narrow this down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought for sure that'd be the giveaway. Like, it all of a sudden, like, I'm like, oh, the one with the dick. Sort of looked like that creature from End Night Shyamalan's The Village when they put those weird costumes on that everyone got upset about. Um, those weird guardians of the, you know, the first boss. Uh, the guardians of the
1: New Jersey suburbs. You guys don't
0: remember this boss? All right, fine.
1: Uh, no, dude, uh, I played this game a long time ago.
0: Do you remember what I'm talking about, Shay? No, what you guys don't even remember Hellblade. This is killing me. No, that's okay. I yeah, shit. yeah.
3: I you
4: don't
0: remember all of Hellblade because you don't remember one enemy. Arr. It was a boss, dude. It was the first, it was the coolest part. It was this huge boss. All right, you're that's not fine. even
4: close to the coolest part of the game.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, so far, so far. Oh, okay.
2: Um, okay, I my favorite so... part about this, we all just glossed over all of his criticisms so far about the game. We're of less than two hours of it. Yes. Since this, yes. he really? finally got through the part he wasn't liking. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like, that, that, I like first, that, that first half hour
0: bit. Well, let's be fair. We have criticism on this podcast for people don't even play games at all and hate them. So, I mean, that's not that weird. Um, but and I, the first. I two- mean,
4: to be fair, mm-hmm. I was going to say there there have been times in my life where I played the first hour of Death Stranding. Granted, I watched a lot of videos and streams of it, but I played one hour of it, and I shit on the game, um, to be fair. So I'm just... I think it's, we're all guilty of common. that. It's pretty common. And if you
0: go back and listen to that Death I Stranding I think that's podcast, pretty
4: common with Death Stranding. Here, hear Josh say
0: a lot of nice things about it. it
4: yeah, movie. I... But no, um, well, anyways, let's Hellblade, not go down that road. Let's I'm not just, do that. <laughs> with Hellblade, I'm glad that you're getting into it. There's no need to shame us for not remembering a boss. Um, We're just happy that you're playing. I'm surprised it be- you don't remember that one. But I, yeah, I the witch I, thing with the dick.
3: I just <laughs> want to talk
0: about it with you guys. I
4: wasn't actually
0: shaming was, you. I just right. thought I really was the thought witch the one
4: about. that keeps disappearing and reappearing? And you have like the yes, yes, okay, yes, yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah, now that, well, I, well, now well, now that I talk about I like, it more. Yeah, I do remember that one now. Yes, but that dude, you're not you even see, close. See you're not even close well, to the coolest bosses. I can't wait for you look, to get farther than that game. I know, I I'm not know, shaming I've you. Don't Fenler. get offended. Don't get offended. Why are you Sh- getting offended? Sham. Why are you defensive? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I can't wait for you to get farther. Chill. <laughs>
0: we can't talk about games anymore on this podcast. Everyone's too emotional, goddammit. it. Sham, Sh- 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 I'm, I'm not emotional. shaming you, but
1: I was just wondering if you remember what the boss's genitals were like? <laughs>
0: I don't fucking know. <laughs> They were, there was a lot of bird feathers. I couldn't. There was something swinging around under there.
1: I'm going to write down feathered testicles this and out. we'll
0: circle
2: back around to this. <laughs> Good chance there was a cloaca under there. Okay.
0: Well, all right.
2: You've piqued my interest.
0: Anyways, no, I thought that was a... I, so here's the thing. I may not, and and I'm gonna keep this somewhat to because I've only spent a couple hours with it. I was very clear when I first played it. I just had trouble getting into it, and then it was just hard to go back to because I didn't own it and it, I couldn't run it on my PC. Blah blah blah. And that's fine. I had planned on coming back to it at some point because you guys would not shut up about it. But I enjoy the. I do enjoy the combat. I think it's like it's close to being great. I think in the next Hellblade, the combat could actually be great. I think in this game, the combat is. Really good. And I like that it's very visceral. It's simple so far, but I do like, like the menacing feel. There are moments where you're just surrounded by people and it can be frustrating. You really have to be pay attention to like when they're coming back over your, from behind you and you've got to parry them exactly and stuff. It can be really frustrating when you get surrounded, but it's like this very visceral thing where these, these tower enemies are coming and the camera's just right up on your ass and you're slapping yeah. back and forth. Um. So I like it. Yeah. I feel like in Hellblade 2 it could be it could be great. I feel like it's almost there.
4: I don't know. I I
3: yeah. thought okay. it was, um,
4: I thought it was great excluding some of the issues with the puzzles. That the the surrounding feeling that you're talking about I is frustrating but it's it's a positive frustration if that makes sense because it kind of plays along with what's going on in your headphones. Because when you're wandering around you have this you know, you're dealing with the whole mental illness aspect, you're dealing with the kind of a uh, multiple voices, schizophrenia aspect of the game, um, and the multiple, kind of yeah, the schizophrenia, and then you have these enemies that are a physical manifestation of that, you have these enemies kind of surrounding you, and you feel overwhelmed, and you don't know how to handle it, so it complements what's happening in your headphones so well. But um, yeah. In general, I'm just really yeah, excited. It's like a feeling of surrounding okay. and, and fear and paranoia and yes. stuff like that. Yes. 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 Have you have I'm you probably, been playing this game with? Your like headphones. I said,
0: I'm enjoying it. I just yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Course. Okay. Which That's very important with this. No, it's good with this game all across it's the board. Like the sound design is excellent, obviously. But like, there's those moments where they're just like. She's, they just keep saying this dumb shit to me like,
4: she doesn't see it. Oh, she's lost. What is she doing? She, I'm,
0: shut up. I know what I'm doing. Stop, stop mocking me. Yeah. Show us You're dead, yeah,
4: Dude, the, the, the sound, <laughs> wow. The sound design in that game to me is still the benchmark, period. Uh,
0: it's, yeah. That is it's, the it's benchmark terrible. for
4: gaming for sound design.
0: Well, oh, it's so I mean, good. It definitely was for sure. I agree with you. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I just, there's a boss I mean, it's, that's coming the up nicest. a little a little bit later, that it was J- Josh's favorite boss of that game and possibly that year, or at least it was in his top I three. I think it was, it was that year. year. Yeah, and it's definitely it it's definitely one not. of my favorite bosses. It's dude, it's yeah.
0: so good. I remember it. Josh made me look up Fenrir. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that boss looks awesome. And there's a lot more combat already in the game, which is crazy. After that first boss, like I started walking around and there was just like I kept getting into fights constantly, and yeah. I. It's it's weird. I I was curious going back and looking at it because I didn't play a lot of it, but I was curious like what the what the perception of that game was at the time, like critically, and like what people were like banging on. For me, I like the combat, and I I like the expression, the expressive nature of Senyu as a character so far, even though I don't really know that much about her. And I like the the enemies that I'm fighting. I like the visceral nature of that one. There's two. There's one thing, I. The puzzles are puzzle. I'm not a puzzle guy. I'm not, I don't think the puzzles in this game are poorly done. Some people were complaining that they're like vague and they don't tell you a lot. And that I did get stuck on this puzzle for an hour just because I didn't know you had to. It was so dumb. It was just some dumb shit that happened. Like I got stuck on those early puzzles for an hour and I almost stopped again. But I said, no, I am not quitting this game again. I will not stop. And I did not stop. Um, Good job. But I'm just, I don't come to video games for puzzles. I never will. I don't like them. It's like portal in some ways because like you finish one puzzle room and you walk into another puzzle room and then another puzzle room. And I'm just like, well, yeah, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle game. I know it's, and I wish it was more of a combat exploration game because I'm not into puzzles. Um, Does it lean more toward combat in the second half?
4: It does it starts to lean a little bit more towards combat yeah. in the back half of the game. But I I will I will somewhat agree with you that some of the puzzles in there, like I said before, they are not intuitive. Um it and it's something we were discussing privately as well. The puzzles in there are not entirely intuitive and you really gotta think and you and there's are some areas where you really have to be standing in the perfect spot. And I hope I liked those puzzles when they worked, but when they didn't work, it was absolutely frustrating. So if they have puzzles in the sequel, which I'm more than open to, I hope they rework that just a little bit to fine, make it like fine tune it and make it just a little bit like they can keep that same difficulty level, but making them just a little bit more intuitive and not to where you have to stand on the penny on the ground to make sure you're standing right on top of that penny kind of situation but yes uh, to answer your question succinctly the game in the back half is more combat centered i'd be shocked if they did away with
1: the puzzles all together but i, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good point what you're they saying do need to, yeah they, they need do to do be that.
4: better
2: or even like you were saying some of them they ease you into the exact right spot a little bit they could have given you a little more leeway with that because there were so more forgiving in terms of that where stuff. you'd think you'd have it and you like you needed to step backwards or forwards just a little right. bit and that and stuff wasn't obvious yeah that's really unobvious because you're just supposed to be lining up an image like it should have been less a spot in the ground and more of like you know like a ray like from here back you can obviously tell what we're supposed to be looking
4: at
1: more directional than specific position
2: yeah. based yeah
4: yes absolutely yeah, and they yeah. could even make like they could even make some of those puzzles a little bit harder if they make it more less of a spot and more of just a general area because mm-hmm. um then you're kind of accounting for that but it's still a little bit more intuitive but i rich i was kind of thinking about that as well because watching watching that announcement trailer for the sequel it seems like it's like she's going to war at this point. And I was like, I, I, there's not a lot of time for puzzles in war. So I don't, I don't know where they're going to start. I don't fit know, man. I think in. that depends on the war. Hey, hey, everyone, yeah. stop real quick. We got to play this game of Shogi in the middle of the battlefield and then we can continue. Wouldn't
1: it be it, kind of yeah. crazy if we designed war like that, though? Like, the battle's about to start. But first, you need to get your timing just right to get through this hall of pendulums.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I wish I that would, that'd be hilarious yeah. if that's like, if like that's how war was decided like you you rode with your armies and then you stopped and then there was a table set and up you did an escape right room. in the center of the battlefield and then well that too um and then you play a game of shogi or whatever chess whatever you guys want to play and then whoever's the winner uh gets to fire their first volley of arrows and then you charge or something there's You guys be get some, the real guns. There's got to be some like gratification for winning but yeah I got to work that part.
0: I I think one of the things that's going to help me is, like, as I'm getting used to the puzzles, they're going to go a lot smoother. In the beginning of the game, just – and I'm not so critical on it anymore, like, uh, like the visuals because it's an older game. That actually helps me. When I play older games, I feel like I'm less of an asshole because I know it's old. So I'm just like, ah, this game is older. That's fine. Um, And, like, a lot of those early environments are just, like – they're kind of, you know, like just grass and stone and ground, and they're not, like, super exciting. And she walks, like, her and Arthur Morgan would be best friends, because they're both incredibly slow. Um, so, like, you're walking around those early areas, and you're lost, and she's walking one mile an hour, and I'm looking at nothing but just grass and stone, and I'm like, why does everyone like this game? And then I got to that first boss fight, and I was like, okay, that was fucking cool. You know, Senua is a very expressive uh, character with all you know, these bright eyes, and... Um, so I'm 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 def I'm going to finish it and I like where I'm at in the game now. I'm definitely I'm definitely into it. Uh you just got to get past that early hump. No, it didn't take me 15 minutes, Josh. It took me like th- three fucking hours. <laughs> Uh, one of the, uh, one of the things you misunderstood so him. Too. It
1: should have taken you fifteen minutes.
0: Well, well, it probably would now, but like when you know what to do, I could fly through it. But one of the dumb things that it was on me, but I didn't realize you had to walk up to the door and stare at the door first and to trigger the puzzle. So I'm like, I ran into this area and I'm mm. running around like yeah. I know how to solve these puzzles. And I'm like, I almost sent this video to Shay. I was like, dude, why isn't this working? I'm walking in and out of this thing and this nothing's appearing. And then I realized, oh, you have to yeah, walk up to it's- the door like scripted and but the, what's cool about the game is also what's frustrating about the game they tell you nothing there's nothing not even button prompts like when you walk up to a door it doesn't say press x to open the door you just have to experiment with everything and that's cool but it's also frustrating but it also plays into the theme of madness in the game because if they wanted to achieve madness i'll tell you that first two hours last night was fucking madness <laughs> but but
4: um that uh, boss fight is yeah, really i think cool. it's i think it kind of harkens back to older games and i think that with where games have evolved that that's probably one of those aspects about older gaming that people don't really miss that much is having zero idea i'm sure some people do but things being um, obtuse just having zero direction about what to do or where to go like zero tutorial zero direction you just boot it up and go
0: Anyways, I'll stick with it. I want to talk to you guys more about it next week. Um, That's where I'm at. It'll be a fun, more fun conversation next week. I think I promise. Uh, Let's see here. Um, oh, Josh. So moving. We've been moving this week. Um, You, I, I, is it moving? Moving out? out. Is that what it's called? Moving out. 'Cause I played it and I already forgot the name, but it's on Game Pass, so I spent like two hours with it. Just so I could talk about it with you. Has anybody else played Moving Out with me and Josh? Yet, no. <sighs> My goal this year has been to play every game that Josh plays that's new. Just uh-huh. so at the end of the year, okay, Josh can't throw his notebook at me and say that I'm a a sad plebe. What a weird and, goal. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but, but um yeah. have you played it with anybody or have you just uh i was gonna ask you about that because i i have not been able to. Play all right because that's anybody. really the way to play it um because it's 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 very similar to like um overcooked overcooked that's the same idea um of like trying it's the to figure same out company uh, it's the same publisher i i'd have to look it is up not what, the same developer i didn't think it was the same developer within that but all right.
3: Um, okay. Same
2: but, uh, very similar. Um, the difference in this one is that overcooked is way more about um, role management. Role management about planning out exactly when, as a group, you've got to have certain goals met. It's super, super um, communication intensive because of everything everything going on with it. Uh, whereas this one, you can kind of make a plan and then do it without really communicating as much along the way. Um, there are moments here and there when you have to, but it's... Like it's, verbally communicating with
0: the person you're playing with. Yeah, but
2: there, it's it's nowhere near as intensive as Overcooked was. Um, the, the other big difference, and I'm noticing this a lot playing with my wife because she's not... A big gamer like she she plays enough video games but she she doesn't game all the time Mm -hmm. the the focus on this game is on difficulty controlling the character um because you have a a weird um a movement of of, a the movement—you feel a lot of the momentum of the objects you're carrying around when you're moving in this game, which means you're you're, you're pretty precise when you're just walking around. But as soon as you pick something up, you kind of have to take into account the weight of whatever you're carrying, as far as like how quickly you'll turn and stuff like that, um, which is not intuitive to a casual audience in the same way that overcooked is overcooked is straightforward. You, you have three buttons. I think it's three buttons. You've got grab action. And then there's a, there's a run button. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But your movement is always precise the whole time. It's way more about communicating. It's not hard to control at all. Um, This one is the same sort of, um, Simple control scheme, you can grab stuff and throw stuff um, but, but depending on how you're holding the object, yeah, but depending on what you're move. carrying and stuff like that your the movement can get tricky, and I've noticed a lot more frustration just doing what you want to do in this game compared to figuring out what you want to do uh, because an yeah. overcooked way more of the difficulty is in figuring out what you want to do like you'll you'll replay a level a dozen times to figure out exactly how you need to um, kind of um, get the divvy up, results. divvy up the tasks in order to, oh, okay. in order to handle so like
0: next time you
2: do this, I'll do this. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like, okay. Like, all right. Because, because of this one thing that happens in the middle level, uh, you're going to have to handle all the chopping of vegetables and then, and then you can pass them to me and I'll do this part of it. There's way less of it is that, and way more of it is on the just the physical uh manipulation of of what you're of doing the, yeah, like and trying to get a couch through it. this doorway is about yeah. as frustrating as it is in actual moving, which yeah. is interesting, but it also is frustrating Isn't it fun <laughs> it's also frustrating <laughs> well, because it's yeah a, i think it's I, it's less frustrating for me because I've played a bunch of games and I kinda like I instinctually got oh, okay, all right, my cornering is drastically different once I'm carrying a TV. Um, And my wife was just getting way more frustrated trying to move the character where she wanted it to move.
0: Um, It's interesting because... um, So the basic premise that I thought was interesting as someone who never played Overcooked is you're moving all these items from a house into a moving truck and it's funny that we were talking about realistic like games that are sort of like delivery games. This is a game that's trying to do moving and yeah, like <laughs> it doesn't sound like a fun thing to do, but uh, the feel of the game is good. I think like, I don't know if it's the same as overcooked, but like the way that the game feels as far as like picking up items, dude, I was a cat with an eye patch in a wheelchair, which is mm-hmm. pretty
2: cool. Yeah.
0: Um, can't argue with that. And rolling around like, woo, 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 woo. and uh, you, you, the feel of picking things up and moving around and throwing them feel like you can throw objects into the moving vehicle that's wide open. Yeah. And the the gameplay hook is that you have to fill the moving car, but if it's not fitting in the moving truck, it's sort of like an it's almost like inventory management in like Resident Evil, how you have to like turn yeah. things to fit. Um you have to fit all your furniture in there.
2: Yeah. That's different from level to level. On some of them, there's more of a focus on how to even pack the moving van. And on some of the other levels, more of the focus is on other mechanics. Uh, Like, how do I get this ridiculously long couch out of this house? Um, It's just like, it's awkward. Um, So they
0: want you to get less things in the amount of time? Is that how they emphasize that? Or how does it...
2: Well, that or just they'll make one of the levels... Bonus objectives or something? Yeah, like they'll just minor tweaks to like the size of the moving van will make it. So you can just throw whatever in there and it'll be fine. Uh, depending on the level. Um, I don't know how far you got, but like they start adding in other issues to contend with like fragile, uh, packages that you can't, Mm -hmm. you can throw them. them. But again, kind of putting emphasis on the co-op part. If you throw them, someone has to catch them. Uh, otherwise they will break. Um, that's cool and so there's like as you go the different levels will have different focuses on like what you're actually doing and so it like i i've really enjoyed it i i think it's a little less casual friendly just because anytime movement doesn't feel exactly you know instantly precise um that, that's going to turn a lot of people off um so i just i don't think it does a good as good of a job as overcooked on that front but it's still really fun
0: yeah um, and it doesn't seem like they're trying to be quite i mean it doesn't seem like they're tr- they might be going for the same audience but i don't think they're expecting an overcooked level hit um because it's a little more like People, a lot of people like to cook. A lot of people like food. I don't know a lot of people that like moving, <laughs> nor moving shit around, yeah. uh, or the act of having all your shit moved. But it's a cool idea because it's, moving is just sort of a backdrop for what's basically a teamwork game. That's really awesome.. Yeah. 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 Um, and this one's like-, like overcooked, Yeah.
2: Sure. Kind of like I said, there's, there's a little bit of the same kind of like delegating roles. Like, okay, I'll go take care of this room. You go, you go get this other stuff, and then we'll, we'll meet back up and move this couch. Um, sort of a thing going on. Um,
0: Or you can like put a bunch of your small items. You can just take them out of the house and lay them on the ground. You're like, let's not put them in the truck yet. Whenever we're getting to the end and the truck is full, that's when I would like put the smaller stuff in there,
2: you know? Yeah. And Um, like like I was saying, each level is different as far as like um, your strategy. You're going to have to kind of change your strategy as you go in order to uh, um, hit the time limits to get like um the best scores for it and stuff but um yeah i've, I've really been enjoying it I, I i like i like the um in this one they added something I, I need to try it out but i've not tried it out yet but they added in a uh a single player well it, you can play multiplayer this way as well but where one controller is controlling two movers um sort of like in brothers um mm-hmm. So you can mm. control one with the left stick and one with the right stick, which is much more complicated. And I've played it with my wife every time, so I haven't had a chance to play that way. But I I need to check that out. That sounds ridiculously complicated um, because way more of it is, like I said, about precise movement in this game. Um, Mm. About, you know, just like... It, I, it might be get, it might be overwhelming. Yeah. Like even even when you go to activate the mode, oh, it God. says that we yeah. put this in there because we thought it was interesting. But it is very hard. Like whenever you even go to activate the mode,
0: um, it'd be cool if there. Yeah, that's I should try that actually. Though I don't know if you noticed this, Josh. One of the things that like for me, I was wishing that it was more of this. I guess it wouldn't make sense in what they're going for, but I was hoping I could run in the house and like let's say I need like two objects to go and there'd be a more of a variety of things I could pick. So I had to like, sort of every time I ran into the house it'd be a little different, mm-hmm. but like there's only 14 items you can pick up and you have to pick up all of them from what I saw. So like whenever I got down to my last item, it was usually the, the, biggest pain in the ass or whatever it was like i i had this funny a funny thing today where I was, the last thing was a big l couch and i was like trying to squeeze it into the moving van like ah, i got it out the door i was pushing it up i even took a video of this and i like the last seconds were ticking by and i did not get it in the truck because mm. of course i had a fullish truck and i was trying to squeeze this giant couch in there see um, that's your problem morgan you got to start with shit like that i know mm-hmm. i know that's I, your foundation I, I learnt- I learned my lesson. Let's put it that way. I, uh, that was next time. I, and some stuff stacks on top, which is sort of experimental. Like, I, I threw a couple objects in there, and they went on top of things. So, like, you can stack certain things inside of the truck. Um, yeah. So there's a lot more depth I mean, than you'd think there. I got to tell you,
1: I spent years helping friends move in and out of New York City apartments. I was born for
2: this game.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's got nice, like, 80s workout video music, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the music um, is
2: great. There's not a lot of it, but, like, what's there yeah, is really good.
0: No... I did – there were some nice jokes, too, like, the, and the. I went to the pizza place and there was a turtle with a – Oh, yeah. With... Do you
2: find all the Ninja Turtles at the pizza place? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it was a bonus objective or what, but I did t- put him in my moving van. Um, and he kept trying to run away, so I had to, like, barricade him inside my moving van with other parts because he kept trying to – I felt like a... – Turtle Kidnapper, <laughs> um, which was pretty cute, and so there's there's stuff like that, and yeah, it it feels good and to play, but I gotta tell you, with like playing it by yourself, it just kind of felt hollow. I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting the correct experience for this. Yeah,
2: game. they're really made to be more like co-op things, and then I think I think the like the dual mover mode is like a different sort of challenge because you're you don't have to figure out the cooperation bit, but just controlling it is significantly harder. So
0: it might be more interesting because I guess like once like when you're playing by yourself, it just feels kind of one note. So maybe yeah. that other one is. Are you playing on Switch with your wife? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, I like it. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, it's it's, and there's a cat in a wheelchair and an eye patch, which is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My favorite is the uh, the fried egg in a cowboy hat. That's that's who I generally. Yeah, go.
0: fried egg and a cowboy hat's pretty mm-hmm. nice. Um yeah it's it's an interesting thing for sure it's but uh i enjoyed it that's what game Pass is for for me is like picking up and spending a couple hours with some of these weird games you know Mm -hmm. there's no extreme commitment but i do feel like if i was playing this with another person i could feel its full potential yeah Um, way more it's a party game on that yeah for sure yeah yeah if (laughs) in party games as far as like hey guys who wants to come over and get drunk and move shit I yeah, do. That's dude, mm-hmm. that's what overcooked was for me. Dude, I will tell you this in real life once me and my friends went and helped this guy move um and we got really drunk and I actually had a lot of fun moving. It was like in the middle of like a hot day and we were I was like yeah. drunk out of my mind and I had fun moving because I was drunk. <laughs> it was so dumb. I was like, god. Oh yeah. I, I usually get, get drunk me. after the moving's done. No, I I can't think. For me, it's like my brain is just you know I'm bored. And I'm well, when the you part. have to drive I mean, through Queens, they frown upon that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's even like a yeah, it's like a little open world to it. It was Overcooked the same way, but there's like a minor open world that you move around. Yeah, or, there's like a yeah. map. There's like
2: the level ex, the level select thing is just a yeah. Uh, and it does a similar thing as Overcooked, where everyone's controlling the vehicle, so you can fuck with each other. Like yeah, that's funny. To, yeah um yeah there's there's a ton of influence from from overcooked and i think it's i think it's done a really good job of kind of like i was saying earlier it's it's a little less casual friendly but still a really good party game and it's 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 not something that's like so complicated they'll have hard a hard time picking it up it's just like the movement will be a little frustrating Do the
1: levels ever Uh, get quite as inventive as, like, Overcooked, where they'll be like, you know, those levels in Overcooked that are like, it's two food trucks that are on a highway driving and they keep reconnecting and pulling apart? Um, It
2: seems like they're getting there. Um, Like, the normal houses I've gone to have been less so than that so far, Uh but some of the bonus levels I've unlocked have been, like, throwing, like you're moving stuff and you can't get to the truck you're on you're on an airplane and you have to climb it out onto the wing and then throw it into a moving truck that's on the highway. Yeah, you. that's
1: the kind of stuff I'm expecting. Like, I mean, my favorite yeah. overcooked level is there's one that's you're you're cooking on like a pirate ship, mm-hmm. and like the ship will sway and everything will slide to one end of the ship hull, and you'll get yeah. like trapped where you can't reach certain ingredients. Yeah. Oh my god. I,
2: I don't know if you ever got around to it, but Overcooked Two is amazing. Like it, it's done basically everything in one, but like I didn't play as much of it part. as the first one. Yeah, they had a, especially the DLC. Like that's some of the best DLC ever they have horde mode things where the the unbred are storming the castle and you have to feed them as they get to the walls to that's pretty good to tear them down to get them to go away um and try to stop them from tearing down the castle well i remember
1: i mean i I definitely didn't play as much of the second one as the first one like for some reason whatever summer that came out me and a large group of people were just hanging out here drinking beers and playing through that I'll never forget the weird spaghetti monster final boss.
3: mm-hmm
2: <laughs> so good.
0: uh well, moving out, pretty cool. It's on game pass.
2: yeah um yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it to basically anyone who's a fan of the original. It is I feel like there's less problem problem solving involved in it, so if that was really what was doing it for you in the game, it's not going to hit the exact same note, but it's still a great party game, great. Uh just a, gr- a great game to great pick up. Overcooked like. Yes. Yeah. I thought it felt
0: good to play I just like there was I'm playing with myself as Hollow so maybe one day I'll get to play it with somebody well,
1: else. Well I mean if it's on exp- does it have it has online?
2: Yeah. Yes. If
0: it's on Game Pass we should definitely all try and play that at some point I mean it is on Game Pass. Uh, and you know what? Like I said, you missed this, Rich. There's a cat with an eye patch and a wheelchair.
1: That, the that sounds pretty awesome. That's probably one of my favorite parts about Overcooked is all the weird characters.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Josh liked the fried egg in the cowboy hat. There's a lot of good characters there. There's a pot. There's a pot. It's just like a plant pot with uh, some other weird feature. Yeah, the,
2: uh, they have less characters in this one so far, but they're all customizable. So you can kind of oh, okay. make them that's neat. how you want, like, um, just, yeah. Yeah. Like so far the I've workout got a, music that, kind that of... fried egg. I've got a unicorn. I've got the, the cat, uh, you've got the pot. something you for everyone. Have, yeah. Bunch of, bunch of yeah, weird they even, stuff.
0: They even reference like working out when you're done with the mission. So like the workout music kind of plays into this theme of like, well, you know, you just, it's like, <laughs> that's an episode <laughs> of Nathan show, for you. Man is um
1: when he yeah. he tries to create a workout company that's actually just um a moving
0: company secretly a moving mm-hmm. company yeah.
3: yeah
0: yeah there's some there's some nice humor in there as well um uh, moving out uh the last big one here one nation under josh indivisible all right P- pretty sure shay was playing got. that <laughs> so that's all i got yeah, some sort of RPG. This is an older. This is a JRPG.
4: It's not is it an RPG? No. No, it's just an RPG and it's not older. It came out last year.
0: Oh, oh how old? Last year. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, not Don't old you. at all. But that's okay. That's okay. That's why you have me or Josh and me here to tell you yeah. about it.
3: Cuz yeah, Josh has played
4: it. He, uh,
2: he didn't talk yeah, it was about from it much. The, so. That that um it was the end of last year where everything came out at the same time, so it, it kind of got overlooked.: The bygone year of 2019, mm-hmm.:
4: That's right. But um, anyway, so to give you like a really, really quick backdrop of what Indivisible is, um, the game starts out uh, where you are controlling these four characters, and they basically are defeating this massive, massive en- enemy. And then you get warped to years later. I believe it's fifteen or sixteen years later, and you take control of this young girl. Um, her name is Aja, correct, Josh? Aj- I always, Ajna. Ajna. I always mess up her name. Her name is peculiar and yeah, they a good have way. a lot of difficult names in this game. They do. And it's not a bad thing. It's just like to remember all of them is a little bit difficult, but anyways, so you take control of Ajna mm-hmm. and within the first hour of the game, um, you're training with your father and then your village is attacked and burned and your father is murdered. Uh, basically you are going to seek revenge and then there's a plot line develops. That's bigger than the revenge quest. And that's the basis of the game, uh, story-wise. And you end up, um, what's really interesting about the game, and this is why Josh recommended it to me last year, and I finally got around to it, is that it's similar to Shining Force in that you go around and you basically get people to join you uh, on your quest. And uh, you can get up to 25 people and the most you can have in combat is four so if you take if you have more than uh three favorites you're kind of shit out of luck and it's a really really the, the best part about the game for me is easily the characters and the character development um because there are so many characters that are just an absolute delight in this game like each character is so well written They have great dialogue They're funny, it's heartfelt They're witty um, They live in there, your skull th- There are characters that mm-hmm. like, yeah. you, you, <laughs> um, You're supposed to hate in the game uh, And then they kind of Flip the script on you So the characters in this game are so well done, Josh. uh, I know that you had mentioned this last year and nobody knew what you were talking about for your possible characters of game characters of the year, this past game of the year show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know some of your favorite characters came from this game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like the, the, the writing is excellent. Like you're saying, they get across uh, so many different characters really well. Um, and a big part of that is the animation and voice acting that just make them all come to life just yeah. wonderfully, just the art is the Skullgirls team, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is how you, yeah, you ended up with just some amazing, amazing hand-drawn animations for all these characters with all their different fighting styles and everything, um, that are just, Yeah.
4: Ridiculously charming. I, that's one thing that I absolutely well, two things. One is that when you are basically quote unquote acquiring these characters' services, when they come on the team, it isn't like, eh, most of the time, I should say, it isn't like, eh, I'm going to throw this guy just to the back of the list, or this woman to the back of the list, or this dog, this adorable fluffy mastiff dog to the back of the list. Every time you get a new character, the way they're introduced is so well done and so adorable. You're like, well, fuck, now who am I going to take out of my team? Fuck, now who yeah. am I going to take out of my team? Every single time someone new joins. So, like, mm-hmm. you aren't just given a bunch of thrown away characters. And I think this is, like, I made the comparison to Shining Force. As much as I love Shining Force, and it is my favorite game of all time, there are some characters you get in that game, you're just like, I couldn't give a fuck less about you. But with this game, this is what I love about it. This is the, the best part about the game. Every new character that joins you, they're, they're awesome. And you want them to be in your party, but you only have four slots. Um, which also adds to the replayability. It's like, okay, well this time I'm going to play with these characters. Maybe next time I'm going to play with a different set of characters. But uh, the characters are introduced so well into this game that you want to use them all. Um. That's one of the big pluses. And also, like Josh was saying, each one of their fighting styles, they might have some similarities, but uh, in terms of like a short range type of character or long range, those kind of things, the, each one is so vastly different from the other. So each character has its own fighting style. That's 25 different characters, 25 different fighting styles, 25 different uh processes of animating these characters and on top of that josh is right too the voice acting is great in this game i won't say it's like top tier but i will say it's great um the voice acting is very well done in this game i felt Mm
3: -hmm.
0: i wonder what it was that i'm curious how that game did because i actually was curious about it like the art in particular for this game wasn't my cup of tea, but I love Skull Skullgirls. I thought that looked amazing, uh, and it's the same kind of thing like you were saying. So I was like, I kind of want to get it. I don't know. I like RPGs, but like the reviews kind of scared me off. Like, why? W- what do you think the primary criticism of of it was? Because I saw the reviews seem kind of like middling.
1: That what, combat what can be really punishing. I'll say that much. That might be is it, part is it of it. Tough? Oh,
2: yeah, man. it's in that. Uh... Was it Valkyrie Chronicles? What's the name of it? The... I'm. That sounds too right. Many... There are too many Valkyrie games that I can't keep straight. That but, sounds right. Valkyria, yeah,
1: Valkyria Chronicles is more of the
2: tactics one. Is that the tactic one? All right. Either way, it's 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 okay. that 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 PS one game where you are controlling. It's it's the same sort of combat where like e- okay, each okay. button is mapped to a certain character. Um, and like you, Odin Sphere,
0: is that it? Because I sent that game to you a long time ago. Yeah, that, that
2: could be it. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a PS. That's a PS2 game though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, PS2. Yeah.
2: All right, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I I thought there was a PS1 game that was like a predecessor to that one or something. I think
1: you are right. Uh, Valkyria sounds right. I can't remember the name of it, but it is a something Valkyria.
2: But and anyway, Odin Sphere is another game in that genre where the combat can be fairly punishing because there's not a lot you're controlling. Like it's Mm -hmm. like you've just got the four characters and whether or not they have an attack up. But then like how you choose to juggle each enemy is way more demanding because you don't really have a lot of ways to influence uh well I mean, that's it's not that you don't have a lot of ways to influence it, it's that it's not none none of it is taught to you. Like you have to figure out um with every single character you get, okay, alright, this set of moves and especially on this one you'll have like an up, down, and neutral attack that all have different knockback to them or different other effects for each of the characters you have in your party. Um, and yep. so a big portion of how well you do in combat is when you use each of these moves for all the different characters so you can juggle certain enemies and just avoid taking damage. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it is. It's, it's punishing and not taught to you particularly well like they tell you that they have those moves but not anything about how to do them you kind of need to all. find
1: your own groove with it
2: yeah there's an awful lot of experimentation to figure out exactly how you're going to approach the combat in the game yeah, the,
3: the, I,
4: yeah I agree with you wholeheartedly because when I was first playing the game like, like you said each button is mapped to a different character I was just like <clears throat> Just like pressing all the buttons at once, like just like like button mashing is what I was doing, and I was getting constantly decimated. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, I cannot yeah. get a handle of this." And I'm not gonna lie, I went and looked up a YouTube video, and I watched this guy. He was just taking turns with each character, and I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot more sense." Okay. And one thing I think this game would have benefited from is you get a training partner towards the back end of the game. And if they had thrown the way this game works, um, it's a little weird to describe, but basically the main character, um, because she, she uh, without spoiling anything, she has this ability. She doesn't really understand at um, the early points in the game where if someone joins her party, then they exist inside of her mind space. Like they go to this space in her mind and they, they travel with her inside of there um and they're able to come out and go back for in for combat yeah right but um so you end up getting this this trainer uh who who's missing a leg but he helps you out quote unquote just gives you basic training allows you to try different combinations of players and styles and moves but you don't get this character until you're almost done with the game and i didn't understand that because and maybe this is when i encountered him so maybe i'm speaking out of turn here but it would have made a lot more sense to get that character as one of the first characters you get um yeah. to exist in your quote unquote mind space because then you're able to test out those things because it's like it's basically like when you go on a smash brothers and you just you're trying to learn your moves and you set the enemy to not attack you and they have infinite health that's exactly what this format is and I didn't understand why you're getting this character towards the end of the game. It would have made a lot more sense to yeah, give, give them I, to you at the I beginning. Think so you could find them
3: about
2: halfway through. Um, okay. But I, I think a lot of it is just because there are so many characters just to give you a safer spot to figure it out because otherwise you'd have to figure out their combos at the end of the game where stuff is even more punishing. Um, Right. We would never have yeah. time
0: to play this sadly, Shea, but it sounds like it's in the vein of the legendary Chrono Cross, which is a game about just collecting ton of fucking
3: characters. You're thinking oh, of Sakotin. Is-
0: yeah. No, no, Chrono Cross. I thought you're a JRPG guy, Rich. I thought Chrono Cross would be right up your alley.
1: Sicodin's a better game. Like way better. Um
4: the yeah. the so the combat I think the combat was part of the reason why um the the that it got so poor ratings part of it too and this is part of this yeah. is me just needing to get good but part of it is, as well is also the way the game's designed a big part of this game is when you're wandering around in the environments you're doing a lot of platforming and you learn a lot of these mo- these ex- i would call i guess just for lack of better Term abilities are exterior moves. Moves that you can't use in battle, but they're used for platforming to help you get around the world. And you'll see certain parts in the environment that you can't access until you get these abilities. And so there's a lot of platforming and there are a lot of really cool abilities. Like she gets a spear and eventually you use that spear to actually hook it into the ceiling and jump along the ceiling to get you to certain areas. Or you get this air dash ability or you uh get the ability to just run through walls. They have it has all these platforming elements and because it introduced so many of them that some of the button mapping is very similar. So you're what you do like you have this move where you stand on your spear and you kind of catapult yourself upwards and you're supposed to use your axe to kind of hook it into the wall. There were times where I'd go to do that, and instead I'd throw a spear, um, on accident, or I would do something else on accident, which was not my intention. And that's because there are so many different buttons um, and so many different ab- or so many abilities mapped to these four buttons that it's really easy to mess it up, and it makes the platforming not smooth. Um, I I love the abilities, I loved the a lot of the platforming, but the the implementation of them was.
2: Yeah, they don't tell you this, in my opinion, do not use the thumbstick like it's 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 a D pad game uh, because all those moves kind of like I mentioned before with the other in combat moves are bound to up, down, sideways sort of inputs and not knowing exactly where that stick is, is going to make you input the wrong move a lot yep that happened Um, to me
4: so many times you're absolutely right yeah using the joystick so much
2: better with the with the with the d-pad and that that is something that they don't tell you that um but yeah it 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 just it works better
4: yeah this this game would have the game would have benefited from some just more basic tutorial blurbs like when you get a new character that tells you the abilities um but that's a, and like whenever you get a, a new ability for the external um, skills, it tells you a little bit about that. But other than that, yeah, a lot of things you kind of got to figure out on your own, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but it, it definitely would have helped the player, would have helped me personally. Um, I'm almost done with the game. I'm like, I'm very, very close to the end. I was telling these guys, I was trying to. Uh, rushed to the finish line right before he did this podcast because I wanted to talk about you know the complete story i got I got most of the way through it, and what I will say is that um, the beginning of the story feels very, very rushed um, in that basically <sighs> this isn't giving anything away. like basically the beginning sequence, you watch your father and mother basically defeat this like supernatural force um with two of their uh fighting partners and then six like 15 16 years later um as you're playing as Aj-, 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 Aj, ajna ajna um sorry that name uh your father dies within the first hour of the game and it's like well she's going on this revenge quest and it just happens so quick and it is like i didn't get to build any emotional attachment to this character, which is weird because of the rest of the game does so well with that that I felt like the beginning was a little mm-hmm. bit flat. But as you get further into the game and the story progresses and develops, it's a very good story. Like I did not like the story at first. I was like I'm not looking forward to playing this, but I'm going to keep going and I'm glad I did because there's a lot of good story there. Um you have to go to these different areas. One area is dealing with this kind of like crime syndicate boss kind of character who is basically passing out a bunch of OMA, which is a type of drug in this place to basically keep everyone quote unquote sedated or to keep everyone, um, under, under use of this drug. So that this crime syndicate boss can kind of do whatever, um, they want. And I like that. It has like a lot of this, this, interesting side story that kind of, that also ties into the main story. And what's cool is the characters you find, they're a part of that story. Obviously you're not just getting characters and then you yourself are going along with the main story. These characters have a heavier hand in what develops as well. And they come in and out and talk about things with you. So if you go to one area and you're trying to deal with this issue some of the characters in your party it directly affects them so they have dialogue with you on that um i really like that uh style of storytelling where everyone's involved everyone has a place you're not just gathering this roster you're actually they're active which was really really cool for me i like that a lot so yeah um i i I guess the only other thing I'd really want to say, and I'm curious about it, is Josh, who did you use for your main party? Like consistently, like I've had different parties here and there. That's kind of the awesome part about the game is you can kind of switch, but I guess maybe I should say, who were your favorite characters to use? That's probably the better question.
2: Razmi was almost always my mage. As far as magic users are go go, like she was the first mage you get. And, um, is kind of just the, the usual mage. She's got low health. She's fairly slow, but attacks hit really, really hard. Um, there's, uh, and she's the, hilarious. She's, she's hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah, Cause hilarious she's just like a game. very kind of deadpan. Um, just really dark character. Which yes. She, she, it's a, she's a really good offset to Ajna who's just like constantly upbeat and, um, it, serious, it works out. serious it, at times yeah really serious um and um one, one of the cool mechanics that i liked in this one is your your normal attacks are like kind of weak like we already discussed for for juggling and whatnot um they they all have different effects like her down attack slows enemies so they don't attack you as often which is fairly useful doesn't do much damage but like she's she's kind of good all around. Um, And the the other big thing is that you have an ED meter, which is shared by the entire party. So as you you build that up, one character can choose to use a special move to basically deplete the entire thing for however much it's charged. Um, I think by the end of the game, you have like seven bars of charge. So it's, it's kind of similar to like the, the, um, the Bushido gauge in like Final Fantasy six or something where you, you, you build it up as much as you want. And then when it's where you want it, you use it. Mm it. It's not exactly like that because it's something you build as you go instead of, um, I actually probably the closest thing it's, it's close to is the, uh, like the sink meter in, uh, the world ends with you. Um, where it just it builds and builds and you choose when to use it Um, right but but you don't just choose when to use it you choose when to use it and who you want to use it Um, and it's anyway like um, she does mainly damage but then she can you know use a big charge of that to heal the whole party which is nice Um, yeah anyway I, sorry, I got sidetracked by the combat because I was just thinking about that and really enjoying no, it. No, you're good, man. But you're, she you're was good. one of my it's, favorite that's characters. What's,
4: that's what's beautiful about using all those characters. It's really easy to get lost in all of the cool combinations and abilities they each have.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, like She was one of my favorites. Um, Honey and Ginseng is one of my favorites um, from the year. Um, who I loved. I was talking to Shay about this. Honey and ginseng and ginseng is the kind of the pet like I don't even know what it is. Just this kind of blob looking thing. Um, yeah,
4: I yeah, I wasn't quite sure what anyway, it is, which is kind of what I like about it. You, you can't really tell what it is. It's like this it looks like like a little seedling is essentially what
3: it looks like. Yeah.
2: But but anyway, um they are a non binary character. They never address that one way or the other. And I love that they have the pet listed there as well. So they can trick anybody who's going to be an asshole about it into calling them. They the whole time and never bring it up. That is brilliant. Honestly. Yeah. Because like a, a, the character is great. They're, they were just one of my favorite characters for the, for the year. But then also I liked that they kind of had, a justification for anybody who was going to be stupid about it um to, to you know to use a singular they even though we we've fucking done that for forever guys like it's not a big deal it's not at a big all. deal like we use singular they all the fucking time, but i did I did really like that, and also they're just a ridiculously good healer, um just like a good yeah. main healer, yeah.
1: I found myself using Tungar a lot because uh, his AOE was fucking monster.
4: Oh, Tungar, yeah. like the 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 yeah, his head wrap Sultan was his uh, yeah 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 was his weapon. That... Right, yeah, his hat turns into his blade. I I wanted to say about Ginseng and Honey. What's really cool is about reading the wiki, wiki about that character, those two characters, and specifically Ginseng. Um, just And just so you know, Josh, ginseng is actually the child. Ginseng the, is hun- the kid, yeah. I
2: thought I yeah. had that wrong whenever I said that, but I just went with it because it wasn't... It's all good. It's so all good. Anyway. I had to
4: look it up, too. I couldn't remember. But, the, yeah, it's cool in the wiki. Like, they don't... In the wiki, it doesn't try and say he or she. It says they. Um, even when it's yeah. talking about just ginseng. Like, yeah, either they the wiki either uses yeah. the name or says they, which... I think that is really cool. I think that this game, and that's a really good point. Something I didn't bring up. This game does a really good job of uh addressing like different types of relationships. Like and they do it subtly, and they also do it in your face too. Like you're wandering yeah. around in, in <laughs> areas, like, and it's like a side mm-hmm. side-scrolling kind of game because it's a platforming game. But you look in the background, there's so much stuff happening in the background. Sometimes you see like gay couples or lesbian couples or gay paintings or lesbian paintings or like um group set group uh style setting things happening in the background it's never too risque um obviously but yeah i mean they they kind of just sprinkle that stuff in there um there there's only like there's only one major relationship in the game and it's not really a relationship it's more like a one character fawning over another. Yeah. Oh my um, God.
2: I love, I love how much Boutsai has a crush on Tarani. It's, it's just, yeah, just amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, she's it's this, adorable. You know, pirate, pirate captain who has just got the biggest crush on Tarani and is just a complete yeah. dork around her the entire yeah. game because of it. Exactly. It's, it's
4: hilarious. Exactly. And it's, like, it's fear throughout the that world and just, right and it's like that level of character development and character writing that I loved about this game so much and the, the character that Rich was saying that's actually one of the ones that I've been using pretty much consistently throughout most of the game is um, Tungar I absolutely love Tungar um, and it's cool is because earlier in the game he doesn't really have much of a role to play but then he later, is a missable character he is he is But when you get further in the game, you actually meet another character named Phoebe. And she's also a missable character. And she's this
3: massively
4: giant, she literally is a giant woman. um, And you have to fight her. And she's with her two children. Um, Their their father was murdered. And um, she's trying to teach them how to defend for themselves. And then um, Ajna is like, hey, just come with me and help me. And then her children are like, yeah, we can handle ourselves. Like, yeah, go for it and uh uh, tongar has a crush on her and tongar is this like the short stout man having a crush on this giant woman and like that's a that's great yeah it's it's just like another commentary right there like short men and tall women like obviously that's (laughs) that's something that's you know real a lot of women have preference for i think taller men so it's it's, kinky yeah i
0: i love that that's one of my searches yeah
4: well, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> but no I don't if, know uh, if that was the point, but <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. No, it's all good. He's You, you guys have never Googled oh, I don't want to Nope, 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 we have not. One of my favorite characters. I've never was, Googled that. <laughs> he's not he's not a super powerful character, but uh, I enjoyed using him when I did was uh Lanshi, which is a giant mastiff mm-hmm. that you use. He is a f- fucking adorable creature character that you i was gonna say creature both creature and character that you get but um the ones that i've been mainly rolling with is zebe which is an archer um Tungar and i was using um baojai but baojai leaves your parter- party later in the game so i've been using uh phoebe uh the, the naga rider who is a badass and zebe I, I've been really loving using mm-hmm. those characters. So that's one thing I love about this game. Um, and I recommend to anybody. It's a longer game. I think it's 20 to 30 hours. Uh, it's it's adorable. And there's yeah. a character. I love that you've used for
2: almost nobody that I used. Like almost none of yeah. them. Like, like I, I used a ton of Tarani as kind of trying out different healers. I kind of like I ended up liking ginseng more. But you yeah. used Tarani a lot. I loved Kadira just because, um, oh, yeah. like her her unique thing is that all of her moves combo with themselves. So like for right. like a single action point, you can hit somebody and then hit them again to like it. It makes her really good for breaking guards. And then yep. Nuna is another setup character who does like roots and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. I I used Nuna a ton. It's
4: it's. Um, it's interesting because yeah, your your style is more setting things up. Like I remember when um we did the Pokemon tournament earlier this year, and I got the ass whooping of a generation. Um, that you like to set things up very much in games, and so that th- that um using those characters makes a lot of sense for me. I'm a little bit more straightforward. I use a little bit of strategy, which is why I'm actually using uh Phoebe and Naga Rider because their abilities chain into each other very well. But I'm I'm a little bit more direct with my play, so that's yeah I agree with you. I I love that like we're each using different characters and um we're able to talk about it. And Rich, even though he used one of the same characters I used, he's probably gonna end up if he ends up going through the game later on, he'll probably end up finding characters that he likes that are different than what you and I used. Yeah, and I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, there's so much room for expression in that. Like I kind of went with the ones I did because. Ajna really strong on her own, so I kind of I used everyone else to like break guards, support her, and then, yeah, yeah, to kind of support her, and then I just demolish fools with her really strong attacks. But there's there's room to play it however you want, which is just great. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Morgan, I. I mean, I don't that was know why
1: you... I liked Tungar. His main thing was, oh, so I'm sorry, Cher. No, you're going uh, go for it. Go for it. Is it. I think that was the main reason I was drawn to uh, Tungar was like his main conceit. And as far as I got in the game, I hadn't seen a lot of characters that were like that spec was he's really good at hitting multiple targets.
4: Yeah, there's a there's a character you get later in the game. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She's kind of doll like and she has a chainsaw and she does a similar move to Tungar and it's much faster. But the problem is she dizzies herself out, so she kind of incapacitates yeah. herself for a little bit. Um, it's very similar, and it's actually a little bit yeah. more powerful than Tungar's move. Yeah, but her, her speed her is thing just is like you're saying.
2: Yeah, her her thing is she's got like charge moves and spin moves um, that all hit really hard, but kind of incapacitate yourself. So, so like, yeah, you there's kinda, the trade-off.
3: Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so, I, you know, Morgan, I don't know if you'd be really into this game, probably. Like, the art style you said didn't really jive with you, and I'm going to be honest, at first, I was taken a little bit aback by it. I was not, like, it's, it's a little bit different than anything I've ever seen. Like, there's clearly the attention to detail there. I love the color palettes. Just the style itself, I was not really accustomed to. And then the further I got into it, I actually really enjoy the art style now. So that yeah. might it might be something some that the, bars you, but some of the early in, know, it's, in, it's, like it's some game. of the early
2: areas are like forests and stuff or like underground temple ruins. They're not the most interesting thing um, compared to later that in the game.
1: Palace is probably the first really interesting looking place, and that's not too far
2: in. Yeah, like that. Yeah, well, um, that and a lot of the effort. Not in a lot of the effort, but like so much of the animation budget is put into all the different combat moves. Cause there's, there's so much, um, yeah, and like a absolutely. lot of the character is there. So.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I, is this on game pass is indivisible in game. Pass? I can't um, yeah. is it what? Well, it's yeah, on that, game pass. That's how she's playing pass. it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's how you're playing it. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. Um, I I think you'll, I think you'll like a lot of the characters, Morgan, and just like the kind of progression with them. Um, the story develops in a very interesting way and yeah, it's pretty slow burn. It is, it is. But, um, once you get into it, you really start to enjoy it. So I, yeah, I would honestly, anyone who's a fan of RPGs and also platforming, funnily enough, uh, Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a game like unlike anything I've ever played. Like a platforming RPG is not anything I've ever played. So it's definitely yeah, like... If you're not familiar with yeah.
0: those, those Valkyrie, or like that game me and Josh were talking about, Odin Sphere, some of those, um, those Valkyrie games, it's going to feel very weird, but not in a bad way. Like you said, it felt very unique. And uh, those games are fun. Those recruitment games are fun. Like that's one of the things I loved about Chrono Cross was like coming across to all those different people. but Right, it's what it makes Paranormal awesome so fun too i uh anyways uh yes that sounds awesome um indivisible i know that you had a lot to say on that because you've been playing it for a while so
4: yeah yeah i
0: you feel better hopefully you feel was that therapeutic for you
4: it, <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah yeah and i was i was playing it in between uh um, bouts of my current apex legends addiction <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the season man. five of apex hey, okay. just dropped so it's season five's been a lot of fun i won't one quick minute of that and then I, i'll shut the fuck up. Uh, Valkyrie new
2: Profile of, of it. it took me forever to remember the name. Valkyrie Profile was the game. Oh, it's the PS1 that's game, right? That's right. You're but right. it was it was similar to the Odin Sphere sort of a thing. I I knew it was Valkyrie something, but there's just too many Valkyrie games to remember which name goes to which yeah. game there.
4: Valkyrie oh. Profile is uh to me a largely underwhelming name for a game. <laughs> but yeah. uh The new season of Apex is awesome. Uh, They introduce a new character. Her name is Loba. Um, Her abilities are to be able to see rare, like uh, purple and gold items through buildings. Um, She can do something called the Black Market, where in a certain radius, um, she can pull things out of the environment. So let's say, like, a building three spots away from us has like a level three shield, she can pull that out of there and put it and put it into your inventory through this black market, which is kind of like this totem. And then she can also use this, um, she uses her bracelet, and she throws it, and as soon as it lands, she warps to that location. So you can use it to kind of like press enemies, or you can use it to get away from danger. She's an interesting character, and they've just really revamped the map. They've revamped the menus. They've revamped uh, the look of when you pick up items. Uh, they've buffed some characters, they've, uh, debuffed some other ones, which needs some balancing. Like, they really fucked over Pathfinder. Pathfinder is... What's her name? Loba? Loba, yeah. Loba. Um, you'd probably actually find her sexy, Morgan. Funnily enough. Oh. Well, is
2: she a woman with a pulse? Over, <laughs> that
4: seems yes. like the least helpful bit
2: of information to distinguish. That told you nothing <laughs> about her. <laughs> yes.
4: Who needs a well, pulse? here's the th- here's the thing. Oh, here's the no. thing guys. Anything to get him into Apex. He set me up for that. Come on. Stop giving Josh to get him into Apex, Apex is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a Josh like, joke. Right? <laughs> they, they have to rework some. They have to rework some characters. Pathfinder is super weak in this season now. Like super weak. Mirage is overpowered. Um With Mirage, like you could just throw a duplicate of him, and then your special ability would just to make like six of yourself but you have to stand still but now mirage you can control your duplicate to where it mirrors your movement and when you do your ult all six of your duplicates mirror your your movement so you really have no idea which one is real and it's it's difficult as fuck like you're in the middle of battle and someone shoots that off you just have to spray and pray Um, so he's overpowered (laughs) right now, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of revamping, um, weapons and stuff. It's, it's been an awesome, um, it's been an awesome update and they actually introduced some quests in there as well, which, um, I'm not entirely sure what those do. I've been trying to just figure out what they are organically, but a uh, New update's been awesome. I've been enjoying it. They, they have some kinks to work out as well. Like, I, I seriously, there are games I've been playing the past few days where I'll run and, like, try and loot four or five crates, don't find a single weapon, and just get destroyed. And it's, it's been a little frustrating in that regard. So they have, some, they have some kinks to work out. But new update is awesome, and uh, I encourage anyone to try it. And if anyone wants to try it, get a hold of me because uh, it's my current addiction right now. current addiction uh,
0: tell goes we have our vices well thank you for that Shay and it's time to round out the show with polls and we will try to move through these fairly briefly because this has been I mean of course this is the beautiful thing about what we do if we have another podcast to record we're quick if we don't have another podcast to record we will find a way to make this podcast four hours it's just the way that we roll here at sore so I hope you enjoy this long ass show um It's a fun way to uh, find out you're insanely more tired than you realized. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, my mess is getting started. Um, But let's get to some of these poll questions, and we'll go through these somewhat briefly, but we'll have a lot of fun with it, because this is when we get a little freaky for the last 10 minutes of the show. Boom! Maneater. We already talked about it. 57% of our audience is excited about this game. Moving along. Boom! Final Fantasy 7 poll super heated. I have something really important to say here, but I'm going to say that to the end. Boom. Tie. We have a tie for the first time in the history of Sword Tri- I don't know if that's true, but this rarely happens. At the it's, last yeah, it's, in- it. It's not the first one for sure. Not the first time. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, the odds. Um we if you heard last week's show, and if you didn't, you should go listen to it. We had this big fun argument about Nicolas Cage versus uh adam sandler you know if we could you know if we had to rid the world of one of them and we could have the other ones works and i gotta say i'm disappointed nicholas cage had a one percent lead for 23 hours and on the last hour those adam sandler fans came in and tied it up. all three of them mm. <laughs> Uh Th- <laughs> well, unfortunately, Rich, I can see the poll numbers, and I can tell you there was more than three. We know
1: it was you, man. We know you made burner accounts.
0: <laughs> no, that was for the Final Fantasy VII poll. I made ten burner accounts. Well, yeah, no, but it's you
1: still had them lying around, and you were like, well, you know, when in Rome.
0: <laughs> Don't give that stuff away. Um, it's true. I mean, if you have the burner account, you got to utilize it to the best of its ability. Just ask Kevin Durant. Um, but so this is one of those situations where <laughs> this is one of the situations where yeah i'm i'm shocked um not really i mean it was a toss-up i guess It it wasn't really so much about like which one was a better actor it's just about more which one you prefer and i went to my wife about this and she told me adam sandler and i've been asking for a divorce all day so yeah, i'm trying to get divorced you,
1: you should man. get that taken care of because that makes no sense i <laughs> think sandler that would have
0: been
4: written into the uh, the prenup is. It's crazy that your wife has better taste than you, but I'm not surprised.
0: She hasn't seen the the old stuff that what I think would horrify her. She's seen the new sweet stuff, like mm. oh, I'm playing a banjo on the Wait, beach. Wait, your wife has never Jennifer. seen Waterboy or Billy Madison. Fuck no! Are you kidding? Do, you, do you think my wife? She would put a gun to her head before she everyone would stop face. what you're doing and go watch Face Off. <laughs>
3: uh huh
0: face off yeah face off is great no go if you want to see the most horrifying thing ever go watch Con Air and uh that yeah <laughs> there you go um look it's it, whatever it's a tie it's beautiful in this way that, that Adam Sandler and Nicolas Cage tied in this poll if, in some ways I think
1: it's insulting to Nicolas Cage to compare him to Adam Sandler so I don't agree
0: well unfortunately yeah opinions only can't always be part, right Rich That's so. okay <laughs>
1: I mean, this time I am, but, I guess, but.
0: I will say for the record, Nicolas Cage does have an Oscar, and that's all I'll say. He does have an Oscar. It's not
1: his. He got it off
0: a of corpse, but he got one. <laughs> <laughs> he just. He literally, a, um, anyways, thank you for voting on that. That was a lot of fun just to see it go back and forth. And we had a lot. We had a good conversation about that last week if you really want to dig into it. But yes, I am horrified. Shay's happy. Rich is horrified. Josh, which side were you
2: on? I am actually on the listener's side, and it is completely tied. Like, I couldn't care less. I I think this being a perfect tie is exactly the right conclusion to this. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Um, Now, this, Josh, was not a tie, and this I definitely need your musical opinion on, because I know you have a hot take on the quintessential Linkin Park song. That's right, the rap rock icon. Is that a band? I'm not familiar with their work. (laughs) Diamond Platinum album over God knows how many records sold, billions of angsty teenagers like myself influenced. So the way this poll happened was this week me and Shay were kind of joking back and forth about what we thought the quintessential Linkin Park song was. Not the best Linkin Park song, although his choice was his favorite. It was, it was a vote for like what we thought the most, the best representation of like their old music that I personally loved and their new music that I that's more poppy. And Shay went with a song they have called Waiting for the End. And I went with uh, Burn It Down. Whenever I listen to Lincoln
1: Park, I feel like I'm waiting for the end.
4: <laughs> well, the good news is yeah, that's rarely I, I what it's you... like listening to you talk, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I get
2: that. Like I, I, I get I get the need to put some of their new stuff there as a comparison. But it was the wrong call. Like, if it's not something off the first two albums, it's not quintessential Linkin Park is is the the issue with this. Um is it's kind of what it comes down to. Like the new stuff isn't what made Lincoln Park Linkin Park. That's um, true. That's true. I, was... I mean I think it's I think it's in the end. Like
1: I think that's it. But Yeah. I mean that's the one everybody knows.
2: And yeah. like and i think I, for good reason yeah. too like i think that's like that kind of summarizes the band really well too it's not like it's this it, outlier it, on it, the album or anything
4: it did in their earlier stuff josh and i think i think uh we kind of got caught up in uh morgan and i I don't want to leave him on an island here we were saying qu- quintessential we should have been saying the best representation because the best representation would be of their entire career, like their past, present and present. Well, they're all of their past. I guess their present is unfortunately as of right now, non-existent, but like their, their old material and their newer material. And that's why we kind of chose yeah. um, songs from the 2010 album. That is kind of a great bridge between their old stuff and their newer stuff. But quintessential. Yeah, I would agree in the end is absolutely right uh for me the the song that best represents like their older uh new metal rap sound would and their newer like poppy sound was uh waiting for the end that song is plus that song is my favorite song of theirs um if you guys have never heard it it's Interesting. it's a really good and emotional song, but yeah, I would agree with you on that, Josh
2: okay, I just yeah. I don't know. Like, it just, it's hard for me to not instantly think of their older stuff, like, first, like, before the newer stuff. Like, even, even, even with the other to compare it to, like, I still think of that as not the older stuff. Um, which it probably is not completely fair, but also, I, I, I don't know. It's still just the way I'm going to think about it. Um, Hey, look, Josh, you can have an
3: opinion.
0: That's fine. I get it. That was was just where our headspace was at. Uh, That's the only reason I went with Burn It Down is because it was basically like structured exactly like some of their older hits like um, Numb, which, by the way, fun Mm -hmm. fact, of all the Linkin Park videos, the only one with over a billion views on YouTube, Numb,
2: which is interesting. I mean, that makes sense, though, because it was off the second album. After yeah. the other and like yeah, numb is also really in, good. Like in, that's
0: in the end is close yeah. though. In the end it has almost a billion. Mm-hmm. It's close. Um the only reason I wanted I would uh, hard for me to go with numb is because Mike's not really included that much in a sense, and I feel like that's kind mm-hmm. of a shame if you're gonna have to pick one of those songs, but um Yeah. It was a fun pull. Yeah. I mean I got Burn it down to squeak it out in a close one, fifty two percent. Um, but it was it was pretty much neck and neck, it was pretty close, you know. Yeah. Um, My wife was like tells me that she hates Linkin Park and she that's why she likes waiting for the end because she doesn't she's like I don't think it's a good song but I don't like Linkin Park so I'm like thank you for your shitty input I'm gonna get a divorce mm. <laughs> yeah it's, Adam don't like Sandler Billy was Madison, the first fucking don't thing like it's really Lincoln a theme of this get episode the fuck
4: out of the house uh.
0: <laughs> she's getting on my shit list this week <laughs> um. But yeah, I had a lot of people messaging me their, their own songs. Um, so it was, it was, it was fun to, s- to see, just to have a wide polling. It's selfishly, me and Shay were going back and forth all week, so it was fun to have a wide polling for something that we were talking about. Yeah. Just Just for curiosity's sake.
4: Yeah. It was funny. Like we, It was funny because uh, the, what prompted this is Mike Shinoda, uh, one of the two singers um, – of Lincoln park. He did a stream. He's been doing these streams where, um, someone suggests that he makes a song, um, that's kind of out of his wheelhouse and he just spends two hours programming and making the song. And he explains the process of doing that. And then he shows the end result at the end of the stream, which I've, I've checked some of them out. They've been pretty funny and interesting. Um, and really cool. But one of, one of the streams, um, someone gave him this little bracket of, which songs he would pick. And it was just a ton of Linkin Park singles. Mm. And he did it all in like 10, 15 minutes. So just to watch him pick certain songs, like a March madness. Right. Exactly. And some of the songs he just picked, I was like, what the fuck you prefer that (laughs) over that. I was mad. I was like, damn it. Mike. Right. And so it was kind (laughs) of funny. Like Morgan and I were discussing that in WhatsApp and You know, I thought it would be like a just like a quick quip of like, oh, that's kind of this. But him and I were like legitimately talking about it for half (laughs) a day. We were really getting into it. And I was like, Jesus, like, I didn't know we were this passionate about this. So it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. I think I settled on Somewhere I Belong, but then Shay talked me out of it, not being poppy enough. But I've always really liked Somewhere I Belong. That chorus is really Um, poppy. I will admit that. Ely. Anyways, thanks for voting. And let me see. I think I don't want to hype it up too much, but I think that's. Make sure there's not anything before this Final Fantasy. Um, oh, my wife just called me, so that means this is going to be the end of the show. All right, so I had. This is very important. I had <laughs> me, about to chop my dick off. This is very important. I have to say this, okay? We had this huge poll. 83% of our audience said that they felt like the final fantasy seven remake did justice to the original and that they were happy with it. And correct. I've had a lot of strong opinions on the, um, social media. And I think it's one, of, I want to say this to the end in case we had a very, I'm sorry, you brief, said
1: wrong opinions.
0: Uh, <laughs> strong as an odor. Of, oh, okay. I had a long of wrong opinions on the social media and, I've I've been thinking about this a lot all week and uh, honestly, this is something I could literally sit here and talk about for hours and hours you, and you hours have and already. Hours and hours. But I have already, and you can get it by going to patreon.com slash swordchomp and looking for our chomping after dark podcast. That's right. We have a special $10 tier that gets you early access to our spoiler shows. And we've been talking about Final Fantasy VII for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours.
4: Right. To and add, hours. To add to that, uh, Morgan said early access, and that's something we haven't kind of uh, really talked about and we haven't decided. That's one of the things we're going to be doing going forward. We've been doing a lot of um stuff behind the scenes. We've been really revamping the site kind of in secret. We've been adding um certain things that haven't gone live yet. There's our site is getting um I don't want to say a complete overhaul because it's gonna like the basic layout's gonna be largely the same, but there there's gonna be a ton of content there. And we're trying to turn it much more into a hub of sorts. Like so there there's going to be a lot going into that. Um, the chomping after dark That's something that we are working on to make it become a fully fledged thing, which is kind of what Morgan is talking about, which hasn't gone live yet. Um, But just stay tuned for that. We're going to be rolling out details on all the stuff we've been working on behind the scenes here in the coming weeks as we kind of finalize everything and we have dates set for what when these things are going to be rolling out. So stay tuned for that. and as morgan said if you uh want access to some of that content now patreon is the only place you can get it at right now
0: Woo! it's true it's true patreon.com slash sword chomp that's going to do it for the show i want to thank rich for being here from new york josh for being here from michigan shay for joining us from japan of course i'm general mountain time here in montana and we'll be back next week with a very exciting new chomp see you then